Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. you guys it is thursday how are we welcome to so bad it's good with ryan bailey i am ryan bailey 
Uh, I have less of a headache tonight if you listened yesterday, so that is great news. Uh, we've got a great interview for you today. Uh, Chelsea, you might know her as at Oh No Bravo. Uh, we have just... Uh, as a grown man, am I allowed to say delightful? We have a delightful conversation. You're going to laugh. You're going to think. You're not going to cry. You're just going to laugh. Uh, and that's the goal, really. And, and uh, yeah, so we made it to another end of the week. We might have a surprise on Friday. We'll see. Uh, it is Wednesday night. I watched Jersey and Salt Lake. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll talk more Salt Lake uh, reunion part three at <clears throat> another day. But I will say the show ended with Mary Cosby eating the fake snow that was falling from the ceiling. Eating the fake snow that was falling from the the ceiling. You know, with with the wide eyes of a child. It it was, I mean, it's, you know, I really do, it, it sometimes does seem like Mary eats paste. You know what I'm saying? She eats paste, and I think we all know it. And she seems happy with it. Um, I, I, I'm trying to. I'm going to watch it again tomorrow morning. Oh, and by the way, guys, I am doing a um, a co-hosting a, a clubhouse with Kate Casey, Dave Quinn, um, uh, Sarah Heron from Us Weekly tomorrow at 11:15 a.m. Um, I think that's Pacific Standard Time. So if you are on Clubhouse, uh, please join in. I think I gave out all my clubhouse passes. If I get more, uh, just email me at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. If I get any more, I'll try to send it to you. Um, Patreon members come first. So shoot me an email. As more gets released to me, I will send them to you. So this is going to be the first one I do. So I'm a little nervous. I hope people show up for it. I don't even know. I mean, I, I listened to one and I got to ask Heather Gay a question on one and it seems cool. I want to do more about it. And Kate is always just so good to me and invited me to do this with her. So thank you to Kate Casey. Uh, who, By the way, she talked to Jackie on her podcast from Jersey. I was really bummed out about Jersey and I'll talk more about this at a later show as well. But Jackie didn't go to the, the trip. So it's like, Ah, you can't set up that good of a first episode and then totally let the air out. You know, you need that air in there. You need to keep it going. And they, it's like they let the air out. It was still great. It was still good. But I was kind of wait. I was kind of on it. You know, I saw a lot of things. We got to remember, we live in this kind of day and age where like Dumois, which, which I love Dumois, I love. But, you know, is that we really do live in a day and age. And that's Jackie's point is that I can say anything and start a rumor. Like I can literally say anything. I've literally said things that have turned out not to be true. And it seems like everybody's doing that. I saw an item about Evan, Jackie's husband from Jersey saying, oh, I heard he, he is cheating. And it's like, dude, I, I could tell somebody. I could start that rumor right now. And it's always like just really half-baked. So, I mean, and by the way, I'm not saying I want to stop these rumors. I mean, I love rumors. I mean, it really gives me something. God, do you, do you guys remember? There are just still things that we will never understand. The the great mysteries. In fact, Unsolved Mysteries, um, it used to be a popular show on NBC, and then Netflix did two seasons of it. Uh, it's fine. But I want Unsolved Mysteries pop culture uh, pop culture edition like i still want to know remember that elevator ride with jay-z beyonce and solange and supposedly solange beat the crap out of jay-z's face because he cheated on beyonce and there's that shot of them stepping out of the elevator and jay-z looks like he's like whoa 
and Solange and Beyonce look victorious as they should. And then Beyonce wrote Lemonade, the album, and just is amazing as always and is the queen of the world. But like, I want to do a show where we go behind the scenes of what actually took place in that elevator. Or another one, you guys. Do you guys remember the Brad Pitt, Angelina Angelina Jolie uh, private jet ride where supposedly Brad Pitt was hammered, wasted, and supposedly like got into a physical or verbal altercation with Maddox? Maddox Jolie Pitt? And that was the end of their relationship? Do you guys rem- like I, I can't be the only one that remembers these stories. We never got to find out what exactly happened on that private jet. So what I'm pitching and if anybody steals this, I will sue you for everything that you're worth. Um, also, if somebody else has already had this idea, don't sue me. I have nothing. Um, but I, I don't you want to know what happened in these pop culture moments? It's so important to me. You know, we should just write fan fiction. You know what? Do you guys think you would participate if I did a So Bad It's Good uh, fan fiction contest? And you can, oh, you know what? Maybe I give you a topic. Maybe it's like Garth Brooks, like fan fan fiction with Garth Brooks or fan fiction with Vanderpump Rules or fan fiction on what happened in the elevator. And I just want dialogue. I want, you know, I mean, it could be anything. They could have had sexy time in the elevator. Um, you just never know. But I, I know you guys, all you guys are just as imaginative as me. I talk to some of you guys online and it's like, I'm like, damn, your minds, it's crazy. I mean, in a great way, it's crazy. Ugh. Where was I even going with? Oh, I, I, I do actually know where I was going with this. I got a lot of messages um, in the last couple of hours because one of the So Bad It's Good family... Uh, is going through something tragic right now. Um, And that is, uh, well, I guess it's official. It's me, Garth. My wife, Trisha, tested positive for COVID. I am negative because I got slick stuff. So uh, this actually does suck. Uh, Garth Brooks, you know, Garth Brooks' lady, Trisha Yearwood, or as he calls her, Miss Yearwood, Miss Yearwood, my lady, has come down with COVID-19. He has tested negative because Garth Brooks is a legend. Nobody can get old Garth. COVID tried to come at me and I said, you want a party? You want a party, COVID? It's me, Garth. Well, I guess it's official. COVID knows I'm a badass. <laughs> go, go. COVID's not going to handle my slick stuff. COVID took one look at me and said, uh-uh, I'm going to Miss Yearwood. <laughs> no one's going to... Uh, I told COVID I want to do cool stuff and slick stuff with it. COVID was like, no, thank you. What's up with this guy? <laughs> no, um, Garth said uh, uh, she, she's dealing with some symptoms, but there's no re- there's reason to remain optimistic. The singer said officially she's diagnosed as on her way out of the tunnel now, though which I am extremely thankful for. Anyone who knows me knows my world begins and ends with Miss Yearwood. So she and I will ride through this together. And anyone who knows her knows she's a fighter. And she's been doing everything right. So I know we'll walk out on the other side of this thing together. Whew. I, could you, um, okay, I, as you guys all know, as I've talked about, I got COVID over the holidays with my family. My family, I, we didn't write anything like that to each other. I, you know, my mom wasn't like, you know, 
Ryan is pissing his pants in the bedroom. <laughs> Ryan is suffering from COVID. He has not left his bed, and he has no will to live anymore. He also cannot smell his own toots. That's right. Why? By the way, now I'm doing my mom's voice as Garth's. <laughs> but also, like, can you imagine Garth being your nurse? Miss Yearwood. Any first squeeze OJ? Nothing but the best, Miss Yearwood. Miss Yearwood. <laughs> Seem a little damp. Can I do a sheet change real quick? Miss Yearwood. Anybody want a bubble bath? <laughs> COVID-19 wants to give you a bubble bath. Come on. Come on. Miss Yearwood, I got some periodicals for you to read. Here's Cat Fancy. Got the new issue of People. I bet next week you're in this, Miss Yearwood. <laughs> oh, no. Tiger got into an accident. Miss Yearwood, can I sing you a love song? Far from the shallows now. Oh, Miss Yearwood, I got to tell you, I kind of like when you're sick. Because I got you right where I want you. In the old bed. <laughs> Garth's going to make sure you feel A-OK. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Ms. Yearwood, I'll never wear a mask around you. COVID want nothing to do with me. Because I got friends in low places. Um, no, you guys, if you're joining the show, you probably will never join the show again. I just have a fixation with Garth Brooks. He is, he has turned out to be one of my heroes. Uh, and that's in a com comedic sense and also just in a, uh, he, he's an amazing man sense. And Miss Yearwood sounds like an amazing woman. Who wouldn't want to be loved like that, that hard, you know? Oh my God. I did forget to tell you guys, I was, I meant to play this before the holidays. Garth Brooks did a cover, covers album and out, uh, for Amazon and he did A Star is Born Shallow with Miss Yearwood. And I meant to play that for you before Christmas and it just escaped me. But I'll play it for you at some time because I was like, you know, you if you guys don't know, Star is Born was one of my favorite things. Like Bradley Cooper's beard work. I mean, you, I've not seen beard work like that. I've got to say ever. One of the most amazing beards I've seen ever grown on film was Bradley Cooper's performance in A Star is Born. He just, I mean, because then if you look at him without the beard, on my Instagram, I always post this picture where he looks like Pinocchio mixed with Barry Manilow. But for some reason, he grew that beard and he was like, he looked like badass, you know? So like Bradley Cooper, if you're listening, great beard work in A Star is Born. Lady Gaga was good too, but beard, the beard, like if you could give awards just to a beard, in fact... That would be amazing if they did a a beard award ceremony. And like, I got a beard. It's not looking great lately because I can't go into the barber to get it trimmed up. And I'm not good at the trimming. But wouldn't it be cool if they did like best podcaster with a beard? And I was, I don't think I would win it. But if I could even get nominated, do you know how cool that would be for me and my family? It would just mean like, Things are right on track. So anyways, Miss Yearwood, everybody here at So Bad It's Good hopes you have a speedy recovery. I have been through that, and uh, my mom was amazing taking care of all of us, but I am sure Garth Brooks is just as amazing as my mom. Okay, what else? Uh, let's see, what else? We had a couple other just small news stories before we get to, and I'm telling you, you guys are going to love this interview. Um, David Foster and Catherine McPhee had their baby. Um, how do I say this? I don't really care that much. Um, I, you know, congratulations. That's amazing. Um, it, it's kind of like up there with the Royals for me. 
Like, do you guys stand David Foster and Catherine McPhee? Like, what is the, I can never read the temperature on them. Like, I see them in a lot of tabloids, but like, they've somehow made this like kind of normal when I just think it's creepy. I will recommend there is a David Foster documentary on Netflix that came out during COVID, I think probably about six months ago. And I watched it and it is fascinating in just that the man is potentially a psychopath. And a very talented psychopath, but a psychopath nonetheless. And Catherine McPhee's in it. His ex-wives are in it. His kids are in it. And his kids are like, I barely know my dad, but I try to get his affection every chance I get. It is so bizarre how much they let this man get away with because he can write good music, you know? And I will always, of course, the reason David Foster is in my heart is because we used to see him in Beverly Hills at Yolanda Hadid's, uh, those parties she would throw at their Malibu mansion when they were married and he would be, you know, uh, you know, tickling the ivories as you would. And then, you know, he would have Babyface come and sing, you know, like, uh, Steven Tyler was at one of the concerts he did on Beverly Hills. But I just remember that and remember, um, Yolanda got offended because, uh, who was like singing too loud or being, it was probably Brandy, but, uh, it was amazing because I was like, I, I was like, my worst nightmare is to be trapped in a small room with David Foster tickling the ivories. Like, that's probably my mom's like biggest dream. But like, for me, that would be a nightmare. Like, we all have to like sit there for three hours. Where it's like, do you know this one? Um, but they all had to like look happy. And it was just such a small space. I remember in the show, you know, like you can't escape. And I would just be like just chugging drinks. And also, it was just like, ladies and gentlemen, Babyface. Also, how do you, like, Babyface is awesome, obviously, sure. Uh, but how do you even come up, it's like Machine Gun Kelly. How do you come, like, who's the first person you tell that you're like, um, hey, mom, would you, um, would you call me Babyface? <laughs> like, do you, it's just like Machine Gun Kelly, like, uh, Mr. Kelly, your room is ready. No, please call me machine gun. Like it makes no sense that you would, as a grown man, like if I was like 13 years old and I'd asked to be called machine gun, you'd be like, ah, funny kid. Okay. Machine gun. But you're having a grown man, machine gun Kelly. Like when, when do you, you know, is he going to take the machine off at some point? Like, no, or like maybe he'll take the gun off. Cause he doesn't believe in firearms at a certain point. He's like, just call me machine. <laughs> so dumb like sorry i'm like obviously talent but they're like i cannot get there on talent alone i must be called baby face like it's like you're batman or something like please call me baby face please it's any it's any weird it's like it's like uh, what else like bono i guess i mean bono kind of is cool you know, but still, it's like pushing it. Like, like if your dad's Bono, you're like, here's my dad Bono. Like, it's just weird. It's 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 like <laughs> the baby face. <laughs> baby, please call me baby, Mister Face. No, please call me baby. <laughs> oh God, it's good to talk to you guys. Oh my God. Um, I just got scared. I did not record any of that, but I just checked them. Don't worry guys. I'm recording. You're going to hear this. Also, I, rem there's, there's one, um, one of our listeners, Amy, 
she listens, she saves up all the episodes for Saturday and she calls it Ryan Saturday, which is, Hey, 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 Amy, it's your Saturday. If you're listening to this. And she said she misses those uh, episodes where we get really tired at three in the morning. Cause I used to do these five hour episodes. So Amy, here you go. Here's one me being silly and stupid and tired. So I hope you're, I hope you love it. <laughs> oh my God, please. You guys send me in other names like Babyface so I can go on a rant about it because I just like, how do you look somebody in the eyes, like straight faced and like ask you to call? Like, I would never be able to ask you like, <laughs> I would never be like, and also is his actual, is Babyface's actual name so bad that he was, is it like Randy or something? Like Randy is so bad. I'd rather be called Babyface. Like, you know, and then like, does just concert goers call him Babyface, or does he ask his family to call him Babyface? Because in Beverly Hills, uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, David Foster introduced him as Babyface. Like, and or like, it would be interesting if offstage he is a regular name, and then like before the show he turns into Babyface, like a magical mythical creature. He's like, I'm transforming into Babyface before I come out and second janky song with david foster okay guys sorry enough of that uh we do have big big bravo news and this is unfortunate i didn't get to talk with it uh, talk about it with oh no bravo because we talked about it early this morning and this news dropped around this afternoon we've got big news coming out of the north uh sorry i've always wanted to be a weatherman uh okay so bravo did it bravo finally took all of our advice you guys i think bravo is listening to us, to these podcasts, to all of our, not mine, but like to, well, I mean, because I've said, bra- I mean, if you guys listen to the podcast, I've said Bravo All-Stars for years. In fact, I, we even talked about it this week on the podcast. Well, guys, it is finally happening. Um, We have gotten news that there is going to be an All-Star Housewives spinoff. It will likely film in the first week in April. The location will be an exotic location in Mexico, uh, somewhere tropical. Potomac will not be um, participating, supposedly, because Potomac will be filming their season during the time and they do not want any overlap. Um, names being discussed. This is from a guy named Anthony Dominic on Twitter. Uh, names he's heard discussed are... Melissa G, Kenya, Kyle, Rinna, Ramona, Sonia, Teresa, but not final. They want roughly 10 women. Some housewives are upset because they want Bravo to take their time and let women out of filming their franchise seasons to film this show if they are a star. But as of now, Bravo isn't letting them. I'm told there will most likely be no Potomac Ladies as they're in production and won't be able to do both. Um, So this will be really exciting to uh, to see how this plays out. Um, I'm trying to find the other piece of information I wanted to read to you. Um, but you guys, like we got Winterhouse in the last week and we have this in the last week. And I kind of even got more paranoid because I talked to uh, Ono Bravo. You'll hear later where I saw a picture with Bronwyn and Leah McSweeney in Miami. And then I knew Ramona was in Miami. And I'm like, are they about to go film an all-star uh, season is that why they're all in Miami together? And and it turns out uh, that is not the case. Uh, I, I have heard from one of those ladies that they are not there filming right now. So that is a good piece of information to know. Um, so it looks like April will be, and also that would be wild if Bronwyn was one of the all stars. Um, but that's exciting. 
I think Bravo is really trying to get in the game, and they're trying to capitalize on this fandom that is out there, and I think that is very, very exciting. So hats off. Bravo, if you're listening, hats off, man. Please, we've got tons of ideas coming out of this podcast. Please feel free to use them, please. So last thing I want to point out, we had a conversation with Lucy on the ground, Lucy O'Connor yesterday. So great. All of my guests this week have been great. Kiki Monique uh, was was just incredible. Uh, Jess Rothschild from Hot Takes and Deep Dives was incredible. Um, and then today's guest is incredible. I got to tell you, I've said this before, but ladies are where it's at in terms of comedy, in terms of insight. And they have usually both of those together. Like as a man, I'm really, I think I'm really, I, I can be really funny and there's certain insights I have, but I sometimes think I swing wildly and I'm kind of bullish. Like I'm a bull in a China shop and I just kind of just, ah, but sometimes like all those, all the ladies I've had on this week, top notch. Um, and it is funny. There's always a debate if uh, men or women are funnier, which is just not even the question to ask. So, so dumb. But I would like to present this week in particular as women are funnier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, last thing I want to say, we had this conversation with, about Kim Kardashian yesterday. She was filmed last night at Mat- Matsuhisa, which is a Los Angeles uh, sushi place. And Backgrid was taking the photos, which means Kim called them in advance. And I put the photos in my Instagram story. Go check it out. But you can tell she is holding her hand in a certain way that usually people don't hold that. So that you can see that she is sans ring. And she went and had uh, dinner with Courtney and Food God. Ugh. Uh, Food God was probably working the valet. But, you know, she's sending a message out there that she is out on the town. She's wearing color. All of it's... Moving along, I am starting to get worried about Kanye a lot. We had a news item saying that he was uh, selling jewelry that he had bought for Kim and that he was um, uh, getting prices to sell it back or something. It's who knows? It's like another one of those rumors that you don't know if it's true. But okay. anyways, you guys, are you ready for Ono Bravo? This is a great conversation and this progressively gets better and better and better. You got about an hour and a half of you. So just let hey, just hey, put the top down and just cruise and listen to this stuff. I love you guys, and uh, I will probably talk to you tomorrow. We'll see. Here she is, Chelsea at Oh No Bravo. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you are aware of a certain app called Instagram. Uh, I, I think it's recent in the last year that it uh, it's really come to popularity. But I've talked many times on this show about how much that app means to me personally. And I really think it really has given me a sense of community. And I've talked about on this show before that I feel like I was part of like a, you know, a freshman class, if you will, of people that started around the same time of uh, as me that have, you know, brilliant insights, really funny, makes me laugh on a daily basis, uh, points me in a direction, actually makes 
me learn um, and, and uses the art form. I, I do call it an art form of Instagram to actually do good and make people laugh. And and I, I'm actually even being more serious than it deserves to be because she's hysterically funny. So today we have none other than Chelsea and you would not know her by that name. The name you would know her by is at Oh No Bravo. Uh, she is joining us today. Uh, oh No Bravo. Chelsea, how are you today? I am good. Thank you for that introduction. And yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like we were both getting pushed into lockers at the same time. We both had like three (laughs) followers at the same time. So it's so fun whenever we get a chance to chat. Yeah, I was talking to uh, uh, Stephen Faces by Bravo uh, and uh, Best of Bravo, and they had started around the same time a couple of years ago. And I thought uh, I was like, oh, well, Will we ever be able to get a hundred thousand? You guys, you guys, you got. But um, it, it is fun to think about the people that we started with. I mean, like um, Taria, uh, Moni, um, mm-hmm. you know, all of these people that. And it's so funny as it grows. I don't know if you feel this, where it's. I, I don't even get to see s- your stuff anymore. Sometimes I don't get to see, like every. I don't. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's hard to keep up with. I have like a one-sided feud with the Instagram algorithm. I know that it's like such an influencer thing to say to be like, oh, the algorithm. But I swear it's like I see the same like four people. And then every now and then I'll be like, oh, I wonder what Ryan's been up to lately. Yeah, and then you'll see like 30 posts. It's it's really it's really bizarre. But at the same time, like as I try to have a personal life, which, by the way, I want to talk a little (laughs) bit about how you get started, because I know you are a wife, a mother. And like, I'm none of those things. And I'm like, how the F do you do any of this? Because the detail and I guess I need to give you guys fill in because I assume everybody's on Instagram and I know that is not the case. So Instagram, of course, is a social media app that, of course, connects people. But what she's doing with it and what I'm doing with it, it you know, we're, we're talking and making jokes about Bravo and pop culture and making memes. And what would be your definition of a meme? I mean, just a joke that has a picture and a caption. It's almost like an old school, like back in the day when newspapers would do like a caption contest. That's kind of the, this is the 2021 version of that, of just a way to make a joke in a unique way, I guess. Wrong. The actual answer is something to make fun of Jax Taylor. And uh, (laughs) actually, Chelsea, I believe, is the person that invented or actually pointed out how much corn Jax ingests in his diet. Yeah, it's truly frightening. I still, to this day, people will send me anytime he has corn, which is literally like five times a week. I actually had Katie Maloney on my live. And one of the questions I asked her was like, are their bowels okay? Do Jackson and Brittany know there are other options out there? And Katie was so funny. She like was a great sport about it. And she was like, my biggest concern is like, corn is not a vegetable. I don't know if they know that corn is a starch. Like, I'm not sure if they know. It's a very Midwestern. Jax, I mean, Jax does, he's Midwestern and he points it out all the time, but it is a very, like my parents or my mom would give, like, it would be a can of corn or a can of peas. And, you know, now we, now like you read books, you're like, oh, you're supposed to frozen vegetables or night. It might, you know, it'd be out of a can. Mm-hmm. And that's how Jax's kind of diet. He's like, look at me being healthy. And it's just out of a can, but you pointed it out. And that's what I think is so great about your account and accounts that I really like is that you spun that off into something you were kind of obsessive about where, but I, that's where I think the magic of Instagram and Instagram um, users come through is that you made this a recurring bit and you guys recurring bits. I, I know I don't want to treat you like you're idiots, but I just, if you're not on Instagram, it's just something that you keep, like I keep hitting a Rinna joke. I keep hitting it. I keep hitting it 
past the point that it's funny. And then I'm going to hit it more until it gets funny again. Mm -hmm. Would you? It's like that family guy style of comedy where it's like, it's funny, you're laughing, then you're like, okay, this has gone too far. But then it keeps going to the point that you laugh again. And I certainly, I mean, I let many of my jokes get away from me in a way that's probably not socially acceptable, but I can't help it. And then what's so fun, and I'm sure you found this too, is like the people that you collect along the way and the followers become in on the joke and they become almost part of it. Like it's a, it's a group effort. So somebody will send me like a hilarious corn meme. And all of a sudden I'm a corn account. And my most recent (laughs) thing, I went on this like rant that nobody asked for about (laughs) M night Shyamalan. And I like now am just like, I guess a casual M night Shyamalan supporter of, do you ever wonder about pop culture? Like in that sense, like I hear M night Shyamalan, I know exactly who M night Shyamalan is director six sense and all of these, you know, movies that kind of have this surprise twist ending, but do you ever get scared? Like I was talking to a younger person and I was using like, reference i was using like john hughes references and 80s pop culture and they're like who are you are you like are, are you sir are you all right you're out of your home you know like do you ever <laughs> let me get, walk like, you back to your car grandpa like exactly where i'm like i realize there's a cultural shift sometimes and i'm like mm-hmm. and with bravo i know we're up to date pretty much i know what yeah. the kids are saying about bravo in fact do we do kids watch bravo like what is the i mean do we know right. age I have no idea. I know that my followers, because you know, you can click that little like insight button and it can give you know, you, I've like, never clicked it, never clicked it. Well, I've don't. Ne- it's because it's I hear slope. it tells you, I hear it tells you how many followers you lose. And I don't want to know, like, I, I get so sensitive and I know that sounds crazy for as much shit as I talk, but I can't handle it. So I've never hit that insights button. Like what, what does it, what would it do for you that, that like, oh, you're not being funny today. It's very interesting. I I try not to hit it. I'll only do it every once in a while. Like if I feel like, like, I don't mean to brag, but I've been stuck at this number for about two weeks now. I've been averaging about four followers a day. Like I've people like yeah, mine severely me dropped. Then, mine severely dropped uh, since uh, New Year's. Hey guys, yeah. go follow us. If you don't go follow create us. Instagram account. <laughs> no, but, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll click on it because I just like to kind of see. And then, you know, certain things I notice, like I, whenever I post about real life stuff, people are like, nope, I'm here for the corn. How dare you talk about politics? How dare you support teachers? You know, that type of thing. But it's you got to do that, though, to, to like present. I see I, I I I get less things when I post real stuff, too. But like it's it's I mean, I, I it's like chicken soup for your soul. You've got to do it for you. And also you got to do it because. I feel like that's letting people in on your actual life. So you collect a few along the way and then they start, you know, it's like a few, a few, a few, you know, I think it's just part of the overall thing. You can't just have sugar in a diet, you know? Totally. And I feel like that is my way of feeling like this is all meaning something. Not that, you know, just doing comedy or being silly or doing a dumb meme isn't meaningful in some way. This is definitely was my self-care when I started. It was like, I want a vapid, silly outlet. But now that I have a platform, however small, I do want to use my voice to do something bigger sometimes. And it doesn't always have to be like so serious. I certainly will still do a shitty Photoshop every now and then that like makes me laugh. I did. Did you see that picture of Luann like in all yes. gold? Um, the, you, you guys, Luann yesterday, she did, or maybe two days ago, it all blends, but like she, she's painted herself gold or it's a gold filter. And she's like peeking into like on the beach and I don't even know what it means. And I, I mean, what do you think it means? Well, I just Photoshopped her into pictures of celebrities holding up an Emmy as Luann because <laughs> I just, it was the first thing I saw when I it was so it was 
it was jarring. Like it was a jarring photo and I must, I had to do something with it. So I can, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I think Mallory from, um, from Real House Pins OC. Oh, she's rebranded. She's pop, she's pop on culture now. Hey Mal. Pop pop on culture. I love her. She says she's a walk and chew gum account. Like I can do more than one thing at a time. So it's like, I can Photoshop Luann as an Emmy and also talk about real life stuff. I am capable of doing both. See, I don't think I am capable of doing both, but uh, no, no, but um, the, wait, wait, the Luann thing, I have a question about you. I, I wanted to ask you about this because do you think those things I feel now it's like, and maybe I'm going, see you guys, I always bitch about conspiracy theories on the show. The only conspiracy theories I will fully participate in is Bravo conspiracy oh, 100%, theories. Yes. Other than that, I do not want to hear QAnon. I don't want to hear anything, but I will say, do you think sometimes like Luann, I was like, that is so weird that it's almost like she wants us to meme it. Like that she's, she's almost asking to be memed. And I was thinking that like what Erica Jane, I don't think was like at first, um, in on the joke, but now she's acting like she's in on the joke of like, Hey, haters, here's another one for you, you know? And, um, so do you ever think that like the Luann thing was just so weird that I was like, she just wants us to mean this. I a hundred percent think that. Yeah. Like, I feel like sometimes they almost throw it out of like, here you guys go. Like it is a very symbiotic relationship between Bravo celebrities and the Instagram hype team of like, we, you know, do stuff and then they get traction because then people are like, wait, Luann posted what? And goes to her page. The thing about Erica Jane, and I just have been loving your coverage about it because she does think that she's in on the joke and it's just so disgusting. Like, the fact yeah, it's that, like the, the whole joke is that you at the end of the day, you cannot take it away that your husband, which you bragged about spending all of his money, defrauded people. There is huge proof of this. So at the end of the day, even if you're saying you're in on the joke, it is not the time to be in on any joke, you know? No. And it's just another example of like, who is her PR team? Like maybe she can't afford one these days. Like maybe she's it's, just it's Mikey. It's like the people that have like, and I feel they're all like, girl, that is a fierce joke. You just shut those haters up, girl. What long legs, girl. Like use that stretch app, make yourself look like stretch Armstrong. Oh. You do that. Like, <laughs> whoa, girl, you're pushing the boundaries on this app, you know? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, literally. I mean, she's really doing some things with physics. The length of her foot alone is like, I mean, good heavens, that stretch app is. Well, that's what it's like. It's like, Chloe, check this out. Like, I feel like eventually it is just going to be like, they're going to make themselves 18 feet tall. And like, they're just going (laughs) to keep, they're like, oh, Chloe made herself six foot two today. I'm going to make myself six foot four tomorrow. Like, it's where does it end though, you know? They literally are starting to look like those little like inflatable men outside of the used car <laughs> lot of just like, whoa, that one that you posted that I think not skinny, but not fat originally posted of Chloe recently. Like she just, is I really, think yesterday, yeah. she's pushing some boundaries here. She's see, but I think it's, territory. I think she's, I, I was saying this, uh, I think with uh, Lucy on the ground yesterday that I was like, is this performance art? Like, is this, I mean, no, it's not performance art, but are they, are they doing this under the guise of, I'm just doing this like art. I am a piece of art and I am pushing that kind of boundary. Like tomorrow I might put myself in a fat suit and photograph that, you know, like I I feel like they're telling themselves this. Yeah. Well, the fat suit has been done famously Tyra Banks. Tyra, yeah, Tyra. I don't think that gets talked about enough. Nobody can. You know, Tyra Banks would be a great housewife. Wouldn't you love to see a little bit more of what actually goes on in her actual world? 
Yes. Tyra Banks is the level of chaotic energy that I really search for in a housewife. We need to make that happen. Did you, are you a Real Housewives of Miami person? I know it's coming back on Peacock. Did you ever pay attention to the original series? I dabbled back in the day. No, but I wasn't a, I wasn't a loyal follower or watcher. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it. The reboot. I just started my journey yesterday, season one, episode one. And it okay. was, um, I mean, it really was, it, it's very refreshing to watch something that's like, 13 years old and they're like, like the same tropes that any housewife show has. You have Larza Pippen who now we know Larza Pippen from like a Kardashian friend, but you get to see her before all of like the surgery she's had. And you're like, Whoa, what a journey. And it's, it's like seeing a prequel to your favorite superhero. Like right. how did Batman become Batman? You know, it's the backstory. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and I, and I hear, well, she's putting out this press release that she's in real housewives of Miami, which I don't think has been um, confirmed at all. Um, but my whole point, uh, what was my whole point? Where was I? Uh, sorry, I was just getting so wrapped up. Uh, no, no, the, everybody like face tuning, face apping. Um, people always send me, like you say, they send corn and things like that. People always send me of like the face tune, you know, because I have the right. face tune Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's weird because I always have to, I get pointed this out sometimes. And like when I'm in like, like, me like I call like meme heat where you're just in heat mm -hmm. and you're like, I got to get it out. I got to get it out. <laughs> yeah. And you don't even really stop to think about who it could defend, who it's just like a weird thought in your brain. Mm -hmm. And a couple of times I've really missed the mark where it's also, you're like, yo dude, you're a straight guy making fun of females. You shouldn't, you can't do that. You know, like, or making fun of females bodies. Right. And I was like, well, no, 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 I'm not making fun of the body. I'm making fun of like the way this pose happens or the way. And then I'm arguing all of a sudden if I, you know, hate women's bodies or it, but at the same right. time you have to like, do you deal with anything like that? Yeah. So I was listening actually. So shout out to Samaj. Um, he sent me, the, oh, what up, Samaj? he sent me the podcast that he did that you were on where you guys were just talking about like, you know, giving him advice and stuff. And you, you explained it perfectly of like the waves of posting yeah, of the yeah. fact that like you put up something, everybody's in on the joke. It's your original followers. They, they've been following along. They know what got you to this point of making this joke. And then there's like that sweet spot of just like people like bantering in the comment section, everything's good. And then it's almost like, it's like a house party, right? Like all your friends are there, but then somebody invited somebody that wasn't invited. And then they invited people and they show up to the house and you're like, Whoa, I didn't ask for you to be here. And, and then and like, they get there and they're like, this party's lame. What the fuck is this? What, what, what were what you even you thinking about? Like a stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I'm I calling the cops. I'm calling the cops right now. And then they bring all their friends in to complain about you. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. And then they, yeah. So I definitely get some of that. I've been actively working on getting thicker skin because I rarely get like- Wait, how do you actively work on getting thicker skin? That seems well, almost impossible. I how do you am, actively- I am trying not to- I'm realizing that not everybody in the world is going to like me and that's okay because as, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, as the account gets bigger, there are just more opinions and I'm, I'm literally not going to please everybody. And so I've had to pick and choose. I've had, a, I've gotten in hot water a couple of times, not even hot water, but just like enough DMS of people saying the same thing that I'm like, okay, this is probably a thing. Like back in the day, I had a joke where, and it was based on something two judgy girls had said in passing on their podcast that they joked that Raquel had a glass eye. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. so which, I would do this. Oh yeah. Thing which where, one's the glass eye. Right. So every week I do this, this poll series and I would end it with asking which eye is glass and my followers would try to guess which one. Well, then I had enough DMS of people being like, that's actually pretty ableist. Like we shouldn't be pointing out like, and 
spoiler alert, she doesn't actually have a glass eye, but it was enough that I was like, okay, my OG followers love this because they always try to get a hundred percent on one eye, but I'm just going to put the X-Files music up, put up the poll and I'm not going to do it with any context, which actually is funnier. Cause now I get DMS. It's like, what are we voting on? But it's like things like that, that I take the constructive feedback. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be actively being ableist now no. that I know, now that I know that I should do better, but also I'm going to take a piece of that because at this point it's become like a contest of like, let's try to get a hundred percent on the left eye. Can you make Jax the one with the glass eye? Maybe that would help. Is that a, an option at all? <laughs> that or? might be an option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to come back to uh, creation and Instagram in a, in a bit, but I wanted to actually hit some shows. Mm -hmm. Now I know you love summer house as do I, I mean, I think you love summer house, right? I love summer house. Okay. Yeah. I love, and you really did with uh, Dr. Bald, your husband and um, uh you guys binged it together this summer, right? All of the seasons, yeah. you had not seen it. Yep. And what was that journey like for you? So I was like kind of a summer house hater back in the day when they did that weird Vanderpump Rules crossover. I was like, uh, I don't want to watch this. Don't. Like, but by the way, isn't that your worst? That is like my worst thing. But Bravo, do not. They did it with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the Vanderpump Rules, a two-hour episode where I'm an idiot going, oh, cool, two hours two with the Beverly Hills episode. ladies. And then they jam a backdoor pilot. Same with Summer House. It was like, I don't want to watch these effing geeks, but now I, I like it in retrospect. Right. And they and they know what they're doing because then I got hooked on both shows. So it's like, OK, fine, Bravo, you win again. You know me too well. But yeah, so I watched that originally and I just was like, no. And at the time, like Vanderpump Rules was really hitting its stride. I was like, I already have Vanderpump Rules. I don't need another group of like out of touch friends that get drunk all the time. Like I have Vanderpump Rules. Like how was I to know what Vanderpump Rules would become? And so then we got to a point in quarantine where I was like, OK, I need to like I need to watch something new. It, we were at that like content drought where nothing yeah. was on. And so we just turned it on. And the thing about my husband, he has very select shows that he'll get into and he'll get really into it. Like for a while, he was super into Below Deck. He would watch Vanderpump Rules with me. So my brother actually, and my sister-in-law who I do my Patreon with, they both yeah. were Summer House fans. And if my brother's into a Bravo show, I was like, okay, like I can get Dr. Bald into this. And we put it on and literally like we watched all four seasons within, I think like two weeks, we were all in. It was actually great. Like he got to the point that it would get to be like, you know, this is during the summer and he's a teacher. So he was on break. And so it would get to be like 5 p.m. And he's like popping the rosé, making a charcuterie tray. We're like, we're living vicariously, like send it more life, you know, but we were hooked and I love Summer House. I really do. I mean, I've heard stories of families that had been bitterly at war for years over certain things where summer house was the thing that brought them back to no i'm joking but no, i was um, like really yeah yeah there <laughs> was the nobel peace they prize kicked their son out of the home but years later they bought no um no years i think later, just, they all bought the mullet they all bought the lover boy <laughs> it was all fine i think it's like we want to see people have unabashed joy in a very in one location mm -hmm. you know i think location like the summer house itself you have to paint as a character as well. And I like to think of it as the summer house as like a haunted entity, like an Amityville horror, but like a funner <laughs> Amityville horror. Right. Um, and I didn't think I was going, I was it, with the new season. I was like very much of like, can I love a new summer house, like an actual house? Cause I was so used to the old summer house. Right. But then I saw those Amazon packages out front and I was like, this is fine. This will be great. And We're I'm actually home. enjoying the new layout of the bottom floor and the top floor. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of uh, play in there, hopefully. But um, so going into this season, 
your thoughts on like Hannah and Paige's friendship, uh, Luke getting thrown to the mix? What were your opinions on all, all the characters? So going into the season, I was actually super pumped for the quarantine style format because I was, I've been having a really hard time watching COVID through the lens of Bravo filming. It's interesting. I heard on your podcast, you say that New Jersey has just decided that COVID doesn't exist and we're like living in an alternate reality. Which and is was, kind of, which was like, there are certain people where you're like, <laughs> okay, Jersey, you got, I'll let it's you like, do that. Melissa like, it's just fine, like yeah. sauntering up to a mask lip, miss party and you're like, okay, fine. Like I'll allow it, whatever. Like it's <laughs> well, Jersey. I was like, it was so early in the show where I was like, well, I'm going to keep watching. And <laughs> but, but it is funny on Jersey where they then went to Melissa's like, I can't throw my daughter the 15th birthday she deserves and her friend and she has like eight friends over when she says this and i'm like right. you're having the party right now what do you mean it's literally happening it's but yeah so it was summer house i was actually looking forward to it and i've enjoyed that format because then i really can forget that it's covid because they're all just in this quarantine house and they can do they can play beer pong they can do whatever they want and i'm not like anxious about it um, going into it with the characters, I actually love everybody on the show. I feel like that's like a very unique thing. They're all both, it's, it's reminiscent of old school Vanderpump rules where it's like, they're all lovable and they're all hateable. And that's what makes the journey fun is because from scene to scene, you're rooting for different people. I also love the girl power element of summer house. Like I very much love living, especially in quarantine, like living vicariously through the girl squad, because what they do is very reminiscent of like me and my friends like there's nothing better than like sitting at the foot of a bed at a party and like gossiping for a quick five before and you pumping like your friend up there. and pumping your friend up <laughs> falsely about some guy like no i mean um uh, well i mean i do and i love that you you know we cannot underestimate the power of Danielle, but not as Danielle herself as a person, but just as a living, breathing human for Lindsay to speak to. Like, you know, she's such a crucial element to that. But unfortunately, I'm not saying it because I think Danielle is unique. I just think it's unique to have somebody for Lindsay to vent to. So when the Giggly Squad goes in their corner, you know, Amanda's usually the tiebreaker, but usually goes with giggly squad but mm -hmm. we needed Lindsay to have somebody it could have been anybody but it was danielle and so i do like hats off to danielle you know i have a hot take so we in the ono bravo household we are danielle stands i think she's vastly underappreciated she is like the whitney port character of like and then what happened like she's there to like drive she drives the story, the story yeah but I like to watch. And so if any listeners are out there that have a tough time with Danielle or in, in the camp of like, why is she there? I like to imagine, speaking of alternate realities, I like to imagine that we live in an, a reality where Danielle is actually a fan and she won a contest and got to live in the house <laughs> with the Summer House cast. Because if you watch it through that lens, all of her, like find her in a scene and watch her facial expressions of her watching everything else go down. And she is one of us truly. Yeah. That's what I, my next thing I want to do is when I start doing green screen stuff, I want to put myself in housewife scenes where I literally just like, I'm wide eyed. Just like, <laughs> Oh my God. Because I always say if I had a time machine, I wouldn't do anything of use. I would go back to like famous housewife moments. Like, mm -hmm. and I would like when Aviva throws her leg, I would be at one of the tables next to it. <laughs> like imagine seeing it from a different angle. Like we're used to seeing that camera go down, but mm -hmm. imagine being able to 360 like that, by the way, that's also guys, that's a, a million dollar idea. Bravo VR. If you yes. could be in that and then go 360 and then be able to like try to grab Aviva's leg, that would be <laughs> really disorienting. But um, yeah, you're, you're totally right. She does look, but 
what I love is that Matt, you guys imagine also Lindsay having the sandwich conversation with Strava, which was brilliant. Did you love that? Oh my gosh. I, I, Lindsay is another underappreciated. She is reality so TV gold. I know she so rubs people the wrong way, but like the, the show would not be the same without her and without Kyle. I, they're both perfect. I, I yeah, I have no, I, I really, really, really love Lindsay. Um, also, uh, kick your kids out of the car if they're listening. Shout out to Lindsay. Really uh, making finger banging in vogue again, which is just what a huge thing. I thought it was Carl that did it, but it turns out it's Lindsay's thing after we yeah. see from this episode. Good for but, her. Um, Imagine that sandwich thing happening and not having Danielle for Lindsay to go back out to for her to gas it like, you know, because that's who she kept going back out to in between going back to Steven of like none. That's how many sandwiches. None. You don't think I like sandwiches. I would love to see Lindsay get a subway sponsorship or something. That's- I mean, she really needs she needs some type of of sandwich swipe up happening. But you know, you can tell that Lindsay and Danielle are true friends because the way that Danielle responded to Lindsay coming in and out of her room, like Danielle is always working. She's like typing away at her laptop and literally Lindsay's coming in and Danielle's like, wow, I can't imagine that must've been hard boy. Like as she's still like on this conference call and it's like, this is a true friend. Cause she knows that Lindsay just needs to be heard and be like, yeah, you're right. Wow. Yeah. That's really hard. Now, as a woman, um, you know, one of my personal goals now this season is because I'm just so insanely jealous is to really take girl Carl Radke down a bunch of notches because he's so <laughs> celebrated. Is that all it takes as a man is just to be able to make your bed? Is that all it takes to really get people going? Okay. So I am not a Carl lover. I know many people are thirsty for quarantine Carl to that. I say, I see you. I'm not one of you, but good for you. Like my friend, Amanda from it's all happening. And then Kendrick from from housewives of Marvel too. The two of them like are one post away from a full restraining order at this point from Carl. Like they are thirsty. They are parched for quarantine Carl. For me, I've always, I view Carl as like, a little brother figure. Like I'm always rooting for him. I'm always like, Oh, you can do it. You make that bed. I I like, I like that you've put yourself in Carl's family. That's great. (laughs) Very, very healthy. Yeah. Very healthy. Um, but I just feel like Carl set the bar so low that we're like, Oh, look at him. He's making his bed and drinking water. What a stand up guy. 10 out of 10 standing ovation for Carl. He put in the order for Mexican food and everybody's like, Oh my God. And then he went and grabbed it. And people are like, he can't get any better. Oh my God. Like, Oh my God. A man ever went and got food for me. (laughs) Just like how bad have men treated everybody? Like it is like, this guy's doing basic things and he's like, just getting exalted. At the end of the day, my theory also is that it's just because he's hot. If an ugly guy was taking orders, if an ugly guy was making his bed, you'd be like, I don't even want to see a bed being made. Why am I watching this? And it's like <laughs> Carl. So you're like, oh, my God, it's like a tall, lanky giraffe, beautiful giraffe making his bed, you know? Yeah, so anyways, anything like, that anything that yeah. Carl does, I'm really just going to be like, you know, because I even found a way to be like, okay, but like, do you really want like somebody bossing everybody around with the dinner? Do you want like a it's very male domineering and I don't, I don't like it, you know? Do you think that him and Paige are actually going to end up together or hooking up this season? I think that, I think the interesting thing with, with also, what is your, what is, I've asked this everybody this week, what is mostly sober? What is that? What Do we, do we have a definition of what mostly sober means? I feel like 
in my experience of friends who have eventually gotten sober, it's like the, it's the stepping stone. It's like, I might have a problem, but maybe I could have a beer or two, or it's like California sober where you don't drink, but you smoke weed. Like I know um, your your ex Leah McSweeney said that she's California sober. So, you know, that Uh, type of, that type of situation. Which I do have a question for you about Leah in a bit, but yeah, mostly sober. I'm like, what are like, am I mostly celibate? You know, like I've had sex at some point (laughs) in my life, but yeah, you know, like, um, so the the Carl thing is whatever. Let's move on to what we're getting shoved down our throats as a, um, a love triangle, which I don't believe it's a love triangle. But what are your thoughts on the Sierra Luke Hanna uh, love triangle? Well, I'm glad you brought this up, Brian, because I really have a bone to pick with you. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but we're feuding. We have um, we have a feud going on. So. I was firmly team Hannah and I felt like Luke was kind of gaslighting the hell out of her. And then I listened to your episode of your interview with Luke and I am pissed because you made me like the man and you also gave me context where I'm like, well, damn, I guess I'm not really team Hannah. I'm kind of just team. This is a fake storyline and I'm upset about it. Well, Thank you, because it is it was a groundbreaking interview that I really think at the end of the year, it's going to be up for a lot of major awards. So thank you for pointing that out. Uh, the first one that pointed that out, actually. But um, no, it, because I'm always like usually wanting to hate men. And I know that sounds bad, but like I'm usually and uh, and myself included, like you were talking about earlier about having a thick skin and stuff like that. And I always come at this as a weird way because I, and this isn't like a like I unfortunately come from a very insecure place and I don't like myself a lot of the times. So it's easy for me to believe any negative thing. It's easy. I'll be like, yeah, I, I, you, you got me like that's you're mm-hmm. dead on right. Like the people that I fooled into liking me, I'm like, you guys are idiots, you know, but, <laughs> uh, but that's an unfortunate thing. I work in therapy, but it is one of those things where I'm so like going like, dude, typical good looking douchebag that like gets whatever he wants, has gotten every girl he wants, has gotten every, mm-hmm. and it is interesting to talk to him. And my one regret with that interview is that because the Bravo rep was on the phone with us. And so I didn't like, I didn't think he would even admit that Hannah had had a girlfriend going into the summer house. So I was like, cause also I was clocking. Cause then they tell you what to take out. And I was like, well, that's not going to make it in. So I'm not right. going to push even further. And now once she was like, no, that's everything's good. And I was like, because I would have pushed harder on like, why are we not seeing that on the show? Why has, has it not been brought up? Why have you not said, Hannah, you have a boyfriend. Why are you doing this? Right. Yeah. And I wonder if we maybe will get that. It was interesting because so a couple of weeks ago, and I know you covered it a little bit on your show, so I'm not going to get too into it. But when there was a Giggly Squad thing Facebook group explosion that happened. If you guys want more, Ryan covered it. I have an episode on my Patreon or um, what else is going on did a whole deep dive of that situation. But we started connecting with Giggly Squad members who would DM us like some inside scoop about the Facebook group. And so it was interesting because we've gotten some intel. And then also the reality is podcasts got a couple DMs of people that were in the Giggly Squad watching the Instagram lives that were following, you know, what was going on before the summer and leading up to filming. And they were all saying like, I don't get this because Hannah was talking about dating her current boyfriend, Des, before they went into the house. And so it's like kind of like public knowledge, I feel like, that she was seeing She was on my podcast in July and talking about dating a dude. And that was before she had went into the summer. I mean, in fact, it was like two weeks before she went into the the new summer house. So um, I I don't get it. But like at this, 
But at the same time, I don't doubt that Hannah has a huge thing for Luke. Right. But I also was like, dude, to be this guy, Des, and then to watch your girlfriend at the time, like, like literally sobbing. create, like creating the situation, like mm-hmm. really going like, and I know she also is very aware of being on TV and her image and wanting to get follower. I mean, I know she's very and very good at that, but right. it's a frustrating thing when it's like, I don't think Luke has the, I don't want to say, I don't mean he's capacity or his mind doesn't work that way of going like it just feels like he's like getting hit and he doesn't know what to do so he's like raising his voice because that's what men do is just like i'm gonna puff out my chest but he has no clue what's going on yeah in some ways yeah i feel like two things can be true i i'm not really team hannah or team luke like i said i'm kind of just like team i want this to be over and also team poor sierra because she just like walked into this mess and was like oh sierra's like really seems like a very cave like she's that person where you're like what are you doing? It's like the Tiffany moon or the Leva or the like, or you're like, what are you doing here? You have a real job. You have like, it seems you're, you're gorgeous, real job. You seem nice. You seem to like stand up for the right person in situations. Why are you here? She's kind of in a weird way, giving me like Heather Holla Thompson vibes of like the voice of reason that walked in and is like the person at the party that's looking around and is like looking at the camera like, are you guys seeing this? Like, am I the only sane person in this room? I'm actually really interested to to learn more about her because I feel like she has navigated this situation really well so far. And I just I originally resonated with Hannah before I knew any of the backstory, like just looking at it for what's presented to us on screen. Like I myself have been a Hannah from like, oh, I don't know, like 2009 to 2011. I was that girl at the party, like crying over a guy who like was like, we talked about this. We were like just having fun. So I resonated. Wow. You just really, you just really made me miss parties. I was like, I remember (laughs) when we could go parties and freak out at a party and cry. Remember when there's that drunk girl at the party sobbing and everybody else is just drinking. So, but like, so I got that because I think all of us at one point have been a Hannah or a Luke and I was resonating with that, but then hearing the backstories and then hearing some of the stuff, you know, Hannah's gone on to say about him on podcasts and stuff. I'm just like, well, now I'm just kind of pissed because Summer House was one of those shows that I felt like was pure and maybe that's naive of me but like I can always usually tell like I always say we're dumb we watch dumb shows we're not dumb people we can tell when storylines are being manufactured and I almost feel like this is our first instance on Summer House that we're really seeing maybe some playing up of things for the cameras but but I will say playing up at the same time you know just coming from an acting background I gotta tell you Hannah's selling it like her her cry I mean but but even that like it makes me, this is another Bravo conspiracy theory. Is that like, is that a four storyline or is that actually how Hannah feels? Or is that Hannah playing up for the camera and actually how she feels? And she's going to turn it on to get Sierra away from Luke by showing how damaged she is by the Luke situation. Yeah. Like I am going to show how much he has mentally destroyed me. And that's the other thing. Cause Poor Luke doesn't know how to work social media at all. And Hannah's out there like dunking on him of like, I just got out of a toxic situationship and posting narcissistic behaviors. And I'm like, dude, that's when I, this was just last week. You guys have talked about this. That was when I was like, oh no, is this, you're just not letting it go. Like, Mm -hmm. but. And it's like, you're in a relationship, like, which side note, have you noticed that Hannah's boyfriend looks like if Kyle Cook stepped into a time machine and then became just like 15 years older? <laughs> no, it's very strange. Now I'm, I'm going to really go out and search pictures of him out. Yeah, <laughs> It's very bizarre. But I just, again, it goes back to your point of like, 
you're with this guy. What is this guy thinking about? Like, I'm sure, you know, yeah, she can say it's for the show. I'm getting people interested. And it, it, I guess it's working because I keep saying how much I hate the storyline. And yet I'm here incessantly talking about it. I'm talking about Luke as much as Hannah's talking oh, about Luke. I'm, I'm so looking forward to tomorrow night already. And I know they have more scenes of like right. Luke saying, I love you. Like, And I'm like, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you something? In this past episode, when Luke sprayed that hornet's nest and Sierra was up above, did you think we were going to have a My Girl situation and she was going to get Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> I was so fearful. That that image like really stuck with me. Oh my God. And then they have to rush her to the hospital and then we have a hereditary uh, movie issue. Have you seen that movie? Uh-uh. Oh, no. it's, it, it's, there are five people that'll get that, but it's horrifying. <laughs> Um, that I didn't even think about that, but I will like, first off, that's what I said earlier this week too. I was like, I'm no woodsman, like a craftsman, but like that table that Luke built did not look sturdy or even like a, it didn't look even, it didn't look. And, and that, but that's what I, that's why I don't like good looking guys like that because they get celebrated for like mediocre stuff of like you, you, you just like, I could do that. Like I, if that's what we consider building, then I'm a fucking builder. Like, cause I could do that level of building that Luke did. Yeah. So it's really funny. So I cover some of the shows over on my Patreon with my Yeah. What is so Patreon? Is, is it patreon.com? Oh, no, Bravo. Uh, yes, slash, slash, oh, no, Bravo. Yep. Slash. Oh, no, Bravo. But she is, and I know you're not very into astrology, but some of your listeners might be, she's a Virgo right. through and through. She gets like fixated on things. She's very detail oriented. And so it's like every week it's like, what is my sister-in-law going to be like obsessive about this week? And she, this week was like, I'm just so angry at Luke that he built that that horribly made table right next to the pool. Like there are so many other places you could have done that, but now all the people are going to be lounging at the pool, having to look at this like very poorly structured table. But maybe that's brilliant because he always has his shirt off. He's like, yeah, look at me, look at me working, <laughs> look at my body. It would be great if every time he's out there, he's just listening to like sexy sax music. And he's always taking like diet Coke breaks, you know, and like, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is funny because we eventually supposedly get him and Lindsay sleeping together, which I'm really scared because if you guys watch the trailer, we have huge fights that even haven't even happened yet. It seems like a stacked and I, I, I know one thing that's happening that nobody else knows that is like really good. Like, so I mean, this show really and we're only this will be its fourth episode tomorrow, I believe. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited about everything to come on that. Where are you at on which, by the way, this is Wednesday we're talking. You're going to hear this uh, tomorrow on Thursday. But tonight, I feel, is one of, if not the one of the best nights on television to look forward to when we have the part three of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion and Real Housewives of New Jersey episode two after the bombshell of Teresa and Jackie last week. What are your thoughts on tonight? And will you watch live or will you watch the next day? I am going to watch live. I usually, especially with Salt Lake City, it's on just, it's 10 o'clock my time. Like I'm, my brain is just like mush by that point. So usually I watch it the next day, but tonight I'm going to just, I mean, I'm going to take what Bravo has given me and it's like, it's perfection of this back-to-back lineup. And yeah, I'm going to watch live. I, that Salt Lake City reunion last week was like, wow. Like what I, I know there are some people out there that are like not into Salt Lake city or like weren't impressed. And I am so confused by that because this was like 
an amazing first season. My mom doesn't like Tom Hanks. You don't, yeah, I can't under like, there's like some <laughs> things that people just don't get. Like there, there doesn't make any sense to me because it don't. And I feel like when people tell me they don't like Salt Lake City, it's like, I don't know if this is the correct definition of it, but I feel like they're gaslighting me. I'm like, is this <laughs> gaslighting? Cause it feels like this could be gaslighting. Cause how do you not like this? And everybody's like, well, it's just a bunch of ladies that feel like that, that know that watched housewife shows and feel like they're putting it on, which I'm sure they're referring to Jen Shaw, but also, we live in a post-Housewives universe where of everybody's been experienced Housewives. Nobody n- doesn't know what Real Housewives is. Even as a mm-hmm. joke, even if you haven't watched it, people know that Real Housewives exists. So there, we can't go back to the halcyon days of, of people not knowing that this is out there So and that it's a reality show that potentially highlights bad behavior. But I, I found it very realistic, and I've watched these shows so long. I did too. And I feel like, I just feel like we're hitting a new period of housewives. Like I think that editors and producers are getting more creative to kind of combat the fact that the cast is kind of like, it's like the Truman show, but they've already realized that they're being filmed. Like I think now they're getting creative. And the fact that 25 minutes of this last reunion was footage that was not intended to be aired is so wild and impressive. And for me, I was like, okay, we're actually kind of seeing a peek behind the curtain because I thought we saw a different side of Heather. And I thought we saw a different side of Lisa than they portray on the show. And I thought it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And to give uh, a further backstory on Mary to, to introduce, I mean, almost to introduce a whole half side of a character on a second part of a reunion is ballsy, but it worked. I was fascinated. I was, I was not, I mean, I was completely there for it. And we have confirmed that Mary is now back for the second season and that they have begun filming this past week. So imagine I mean, just imagine you guys filming those scenes after episode two aired, having to go in and shoot scenes. You know, Lisa is still fired up. Heather's having to deal with aftermath from Lisa. I mean, like, I mean, just remember when we see this back, we're going to potentially see scenes of them having to watch the reunion and getting the fan reaction, which all of them pay attention to. Do you want to hear my hot take prediction for a season two? Yeah. I think that Heather Gay is going to be headed towards a villain edit. I don't think we'll completely get there in season two by season three. I'm predicting it now. Terrible edit. Yeah. I mean, that's my worry. And, 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 and in a sense, in a different way, Leah McSweeney as well, well, is Mm -hmm. that you just, you can't be gassed up that much and not have it affect you. And right. when you are universally being told you're loved, you're the best thing. Oh my God. You know, myself included it, it. I'm sure that does, does, does do something with the psyche. And especially I'd listened to Heather say this on a clubhouse last week was that she, um, she didn't, she didn't think she was going to, she didn't think she was going to be loved at all by anybody. Like she was just like, yeah. like, I mean, like she doesn't real life, but she was like, I was shocked after like, she said she made the Kenkles comments uh, on like the third episode at the party and like, Oh, I'm going to look like something with Kenkles. And she got so much love for saying that. And she was like, Oh, that's just how I taught, you know, like, and, and yeah. it was, it was a nice surprise. But then I think then we spent like 10 more episodes after that going like, you're the best thing since sliced bread. You're the, you know, yeah. and Lisa, you can tell, 
thought she was going to be one of the stars and she is to a degree, but I thought but she the, thought she was going to be universally she, loved. Yeah. Lisa is a star, but not in the way that she thought she was going to be. Lisa is like, I mean, Lisa is my personal favorite. I could watch her do just about anything. I could watch a whole 60 minutes of her ordering at fast food chains. Like I find her so interesting with Heather. It's interesting. Cause it's like, it's this double-edged sword of she is so relatable. We, we resonate so much with her as an audience. Like she is like the everyman, but yet she is like a very successful businesswoman. She has a beautiful family. She does also have that like aspirational element. And so it's like, you're rooting for her to get that self-confidence and know her worth and know that she's like worthy of so much more than she was letting herself do before. But then you don't want her to take all of the compliments and, and get that self-worth in a way that's like resonating as I'm better than everybody out in the cast because I am the face of the franchise. You know what I mean? Yeah. You hear that, Lisa Renna? You hear that? (laughs) (laughs) Also, what are the rumors about that? Now, you are a famously as the number one hater of Lisa Renna, and that is famously your thing. And you've actually given me a lot of memes (laughs) to post on my page about Lisa Renna. And I had always said, no, no, but you were always nice enough to share that. And I mean, there is a a thought that Lisa Renna might be hosting a charm school for VH1 or no charm school for Bravo about maybe memers or content creators. What are your thoughts on that as somebody that famously dislikes Lisa Rinna? Yeah, famously. It's it's her and uh, Jax Taylor and also my Facetune <laughs> Investigation Bureau. But um, no, I, I find it to be a really weird concept. That being said, Bravo. If you're listening, I'm interested. I'll do literally anything. I like. I don't. I don't even need to be like Bravo. I get it. I can't. I get. I get it. We'll. I'll, you'll get me on the next one. Like we'll, whatever the next idea is. I'm still. Here. I'm still holding out hope for your idea of doing like the best week ever Bravo style with content creators. I think yeah. that's um, the money. Well, idea I mean, I right was. Th- there. You know, I was thinking of just once I get my green screen of just like convincing people to do it myself. You know, and put yeah. it out. No, I mean, like you could do a five minute one each week and just. Get, you know, like, hey, put yourself on tape, like saying your opinion about this question. And then I get edited together. Um, I guess they could sue me if they wanted. But but I do love I love the thought of Winter House, uh, the Summer House spinoff. And I love mm-hmm. because it's like I finally feel like that's what we need. We need Bravo to get in the game. You have these properties start using them. Because if not, you're going to be overtaken by Netflix, uh, you know, TLC, all of these yeah. things. And you have so many good properties start getting an event inventive because the fan base is here for it. Right. What about a Halloween house at the Berkshires with Dorinda as the host? <laughs> Wait, what what about uh what about the Berkshires we rented out as an Airbnb and each each or each of the a reality show couple from a different franchise and Dorinda's there to welcome them them in. And then Dorinda's there on their second night dinner, like Captain Leah's on Below Deck. And then Dorinda checks them out and goes, well, you dinged up this room quite a bit, you know, like, and, and then she gets to fill Sends out like an Airbnb. For, yeah, exactly. Um, well, by the yeah. way, the Berkshire's house, I feel like the same thing with, with uh, T'Challa. It's like, yeah, Dorinda can take a break off. Can we still film at the Berkshire's house? Like, can we right. still use T'Challa in certain scenes, you know? Yeah, just give T'Challa like a his own confessional with the subtitles just weighing in on the current Potomac drama. Uh, honestly, you say that I'm shocked they didn't do that. <laughs> I I'm mean, shocked they... they're filming now, so you know it could be happening. Well, this and this is going to blow people's minds, and this is actually on record. T'Challa 
famously sided with Candace in that fight. And that was just so hurtful, I think, to Monique, especially. So talk about uh, betrayal. Yeah. Really would have loved to have seen that play out on the next season, but I guess we'll <laughs> never see that. Um, okay. So we were just talking. Uh, uh, what were we just talking about before that? Salt Lake City. Salt Lake and- City. Yeah, Salt Lake City and Jersey. So Salt Lake City, I think I. And I keep teasing about this, but I'm not like, I really will be sad when it's gone. I I will be very sad. It was a huge part of my mental capacity when you're like kind of hanging out by yourself for one other person, you know? No, I mean, I don't know if you're being facetious, but I am not. Like, I feel like the introduction of Salt Lake City really like breathed some life into me on that. Like when we were all on that fatigue part of quarantine of like, oh my God, it just, isn't it weird to imagine like, we didn't know these women a year ago. Yeah, not at all. And now it, it, it's and it. You only get so many opportunities in life. And I know this sounds crazy to watch a first season housewife show as it airs. I mean, it also will never get one in a pandemic, hopefully again, mm-hmm. but like the way we got to watch this, the way we did watch this, like you only get this like every, cause you know, real houses in New York. Now there's so much baggage with it. When you come to a reunion or watch any right. of that stuff, you're taking like 10 seasons of your viewing with it to have so little to go into a reunion going like, I just can't wait to learn more. And we actually are learning more about these ladies and learning so much that we haven't seen. So you're mm-hmm. like, Oh man, I am already I'm already waiting for season two. I mean, that's just a really, that, that means they did something right. And I, 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 totally. I, I just, I don't agree with anybody that says they don't like it, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I feel like it captured a lot of people. I know a lot of people personally who were like always just exhausted by the idea of getting into a housewife show, like the reality TV watchers, but they just were like, I can't commit to a New York city, like you said, or to a, an orange County that's been on for so long, but they were like, okay, I'll get into Salt Lake city. Like we're all getting in on the ground floor. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's like. It's like buying stock in that GameStop shit, you know, like let's <laughs> pump up the value. But actually I think this is worth something. Right. Um, uh, now you did something that I thought was kind of uh weak minded of you recently. Uh, I, I was, uh, you know, I'm known for being a man and will not watch shows like Bridgerton on Netflix because I just, that's not what a man does. Now you, I thought we're not going to do that either, but then didn't you watch Bridgerton? I did. Yeah. Why did you do that? Um, you know, it quarantine happened and then I am somebody, I am. So you got COVID obviously that's, is that what you're telling us? (laughs) I peer pressure works on me. I am that kid in the dare video that the bully like is like smoke this cigarette. And I'm like, okay, I will. (laughs) Like so many people were posting about it and I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to do it here. I go. And you know what? I did it and it, it happened. And what, I mean, what were your, I guess, what were your thoughts on it? I mean, the same as everybody else. I'm hashtag horny for Hastings. It's like, is that, is that the good looking dude that was on SNL? Yes. John, John, Reggie, John. Yeah. He played this guy. I can't even Simon Hastings. So I was horny for Hastings and it was fine. I mean, the bangs, I spent most of the time focusing on the bangs and the one lady's eyebrows, but yeah, it was, I mean, it's like softcore porn. It's like Cinemax adjacent. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not. I don't care how many people ask me to do. I'm not going to do it. Like, I really, I'm going to hold true to that. I don't like, I don't even like things with horses in it. Like, I've, it took me so long to even get into Game of Thrones, you know? Like, I, mean, it's not, I, don't, I think you're maybe overthinking how many horses are in this. If that's your reason. Tell you, is there, is there, is there any TVs in it? 
No. Then no. I, why would I want? I want to be in a society. I want to. I want to watch things where I'm like, oh, they have a TV that I know that you know, like I don't know. They, and they're always wearing vests that button up really tightly. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how would I? Like I couldn't put a vest over my gut. Like you know, like I'm. I'm just. I personalize these shows way too much, and it's just not. Yeah. I'd rather. I mean, I'm. I can relate more to like Star Wars than I can to Bridgerton. You know. I don't believe you. I think that one day, I think maybe it'll be a twilight situation for you where maybe like somebody's in, makes me in eight years from now, you will recap it. But yeah, Bridgerton is essentially a show about pulling out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, are there condoms in Bridgerton? Are there any like, uh, you know, probolactics, my miss? Yeah, <laughs> there are not. And also I am just strongly encouraging any of the, any of you that are listening that have teenagers, please do not let them learn about sex from Bridgerton because the sex ed messages are very confusing in that show. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. That, I was just thinking, wouldn't that be crazy if that's like, if I get kidnapped by somebody and they just make me watch Bridgerton and that, and I'm like, no, I, I refuse to. And they're like, you get in the hole then. Like and then finally, your eyeballs open. Yeah. No. Um, how much longer do I have you for? I want to be able to talk oh, about have, a few more I things. Have, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. No I just didn't want to. Um, um, okay. So we, we covered that you're weak about Bridgerton. Um, <laughs> So uh, Jersey, what were your thoughts on Jersey? We're going to see tonight's episode after it ended with a real bang with that fight with Jackie and Teresa. Everybody seems to have a very different opinion on this. Um, But by the way, like I pointed out all week, every opinion is valid. And also it just at the end of the day, you cannot argue if you're even if you're like for or against using kids. It made for great content. I hope we can all agree on that because if you feel even outraged, it did something, which is hard for like a show Jersey that many seasons in to still get you that fired up. I think that's a win. I totally agree. So I know that you are famously a big sports guy, big sports guy, Ryan Bailey. Thank you very much. So, um, but you know, housewives is also our sports and there's nothing more that I love in a season that is completely divided and people are team this person or team this person. I do hope that we all learned from our past mistakes of Potomac of like not taking it to a place where we're like straight up hating each other. Cause at the end of the day, it is a housewives show on Bravo. Like we do all need to keep that in mind, but I am really looking forward to this because just, I've seen people making really good points for both sides. I personally as of this point after season one or episode one, I'm not like on one side or the other. I'm kind of team both were wrong and team. Wow. That was an amazing first episode. I'm kind of taking the the mixing with Monty, like team the table approach for now until I feel super strongly one way or the other. But I just felt like that was a really good first episode. It was just really well done. It was really, and, and, you know, I, I put that, I was like, I, I made a joke about Jackie leapfrogging over Teresa last week. And, <laughs> and, but the thing is like, I'm like, guys, like people are like, no, she's historical. I'm like, I'm not saying she's the best housewife of all times. I'm saying, if you look at this as a sport, the move she made, like think of it as like survivor or one of those kind of shows, the move she made was a brilliant move because it was uh, it was so controversial. It did make a very solid point. You got Teresa to a blind rage where she wasn't able to see straight. I mean, that is, if you were talking about the sports of housewives, that is a great move. And we get, we will now get to see the ripple and the after effect of all of this. I'm not saying it was like the, you know, the, the noble move or the correct move or the moralistic move. Obviously it wasn't. And also to even have to try to have, Teresa understand analogies and metaphors and similes. I mean, like 
to me, I mean, if we can teach Teresa about those things this season, it's a win, you know, but I don't think Teresa got what she was doing at all, even though everybody else for the most part got it. I will say this. I, maybe I'm Teresa adjacent in my understanding of basic concepts sometimes, but I didn't particularly think it was that obvious that Jackie was making like a hypothetical analogy. Like in the moment she just said, well, I heard that Gia does coke in the bathroom. I don't think it was in the moment. I thought she, I thought, I think she went in knowing if Teresa didn't apologize, she was going to do that. Yeah. And I I think that there were plenty of other analogies she could have used. I personally, I thought it was really interesting. I know you posed the question on your podcast too, of like, where is the line of involving kids? For me, it's like, it's a Brooks Mark situation. Like if they directly insert them into the drama, then certainly housewives are allowed to come back at them. But in this case, I mean, Gia does not want to be on this show. She does those FaceTimes where she is like barely awake. Like she is there to, to well, to she's just been play. up all night doing Coke. I mean, like, that's great. <laughs> I'm <laughs> joking. I'm completely joking. That is a joke people. No, but you know, I just, I don't necessarily think Gia needed to be the punchline or the point, but again, amazing television. We get to see Teresa say the C word like 16 consecutive times. I mean, it's just everything you want in a premiere while also acknowledging that like both people were pretty trash goblin goblin garbage goblins in this but if you pull back too everybody has to realize garbage goblins garbage i like that uh but if you if you pull back you also realize like production didn't have to air it you know like if it really is that bad Mm -hmm. production does have the and they've done it before where they haven't aired things you know like i mean it would have been it would have been great to see Teresa's version of bravo bravo fucking bravo Like, you know, but she just doesn't remember. It's just like, Bobo, flogging, Bravo, fucking con Bravo, Bravo con, Bravo, con con, Bravo. Um, She was just like, I know the secret word. I don't remember it. But uh, yeah, they aired it because they knew it was good. But I do also wonder, this is when like, as you get further into it, you want to know a little bit more how the sausage is made. Is that did production know going into the party that Teresa was going to put the bombshell of, I, I hear he does things at the gym, you know, like if they knew because there were a couple camera moves where they didn't catch her, they caught the audio, but they didn't catch her initially saying it. uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken. And I didn't know if there was like a planned camera move to like going to build excitement or if they knew Teresa was going to that party with that information. I talked to Maggie from Best of Bravo last Friday on my live, and she said she kind of feels like production is the friend that told Teresa about this. And that's why Teresa's story kept changing of like, oh, I don't remember or like, oh, I can't say. So if that's the case, then production fully knew like, all right, this is the storyline. Here we go. If that's the storyline, may I pitch this Bravo if you have not locked at it on the whole season? Wouldn't that be amazing? to have that come out. And then we've seen production be a part of things so far, but like have production fully be a part of it. Like where Jackie's like, why did you tell her to do that? Like, why did you, you know, like to really turn it around and have them explain, well, we needed this. We thought it would be good. Like I would love a full Truman show reveal, like a full and make it of like, Oh, well, you know, and then like, what else do you got? Well, we were going to later tell Margaret that, uh, Joe let somebody go down on him at the roundup, you know, like, you know, like what else do they got in there? Like, I would love that. That all of a sudden the camera just like switches angles and it's the producer behind the scenes, like looking like 
he's just been caught. That would be amazing. Yeah. Or the other, it's like the wizard where they go in and it's like just one guy and like 90 TVs. <laughs> and we see, uh, we see every like housewives live feed from every location. And then it turns around and it's Andy and they're like, Andy, <laughs> I've been expecting you, Jackie. You know, um, it is. I do wonder where they go from it from here. That is an explosive uh, start. And I know we still have to get into Joe and Melissa's uh, supposedly, which I they, they self-produce storylines, that couple. So I don't know. I don't yeah. ever. I just wonder how. I just want to know. Like, that's why I really want heaven to have that heaven machine where you get to know everything. Like, I want to know, like, how much is acted? Like, how much did Melissa and Joe? Because Joe sometimes like Melissa's a pretty good actor, I think, or like at least can put it on. Joe sometimes goes through scenes with like a wink. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not yeah. necess- like even that, I got such a headache, you girls, you <laughs> loud girls, you know, he's like, putting yeah, it on for the camera. It's like, he let the camera guys in the house. He knows they're there, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, this might be a weird comparison, but Melissa is, gives me the same vibes as Kyle Richards. Like I know I'm supposed to like her, but there's just something about her that drives me insane. And I just, I, but it's, but it's not the hate to hate. It's that love to hate. Like I love a scene that my blood boils for like seemingly no reason because she's in it. And so I, but I always think that their storylines, like what has she ever had like a dynamic storyline that isn't directly piggybacking off of somebody else. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, on display, I mean, her pop star days, which I, I, I think is a, a bop and a jam. And I, I would love a, I would love a reunion, like it's like where she decides to go back into it. Like, like if the Beatles reunited or something, but mm-hmm. um, I think you can only be truly iconic and truly legendary if you are oblivious. And I, I think of this right. in life as well. It's like, you can only be truly loved if you don't know why you're truly loved, like almost, you know, like Teresa mm-hmm. is legendary, but she's legendary because she can't, she, she's like the Hulk. She can't control when she's, you know, she right. couldn't do that. If she, she couldn't self edit if she wanted to, when she tries to force things, it, it, it's hysterical in its own way, but she truly becomes unhinged at times. And to me, that is a legend that, I mean, it's like Dorinda getting drunk, like, right. yo, don't get drunk in front of the camera. Is it like, <laughs> I, it tastes so good. I like it. And then she just always acts insane. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's why Beverly Hills has been suffering is because they are all fully aware of every element and they are self-producing. And oh, they Lisa Rinna, it, f- it feels like, I mean, no, no offense, but like Lisa Rinna to me is like, she's playing a game of yes. And with an improv game of like, yes. she hop- she hopped on that Denise thing of like, I'm inserting myself here. Like I'm going to drive your storyline. And it's like, worry about your own storyline. But I, she thinks like, she's that person, you know, is so in with the producers. And it's like, I'm here to make your job easier, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm here to make your job easier. Throw me the, throw me the, throw me the ball. As they say in sports, you know, as they say, famously a sports, yeah. sports metaphor there. Um, okay. So Jersey, you're looking forward to, are you messing around with Dallas at all? Or are you? No, I never got on the Dallas train. I went on mixing with Monty and she did do a good pitch of why I should get on board. I just, I was going to jump in last season. Then the Leanne stuff happened. I was going to jump in this season and then the Brandy stuff happened. And it's just, uh, it's just tough for me. Dallas so Dallas is, a, is a, a woulda, coulda, shoulda show for a lot of people. Yeah. Potomac was a woulda, coulda, shoulda, shoulda show, but actually did rise. And now I feel like Potomac after this season is on the level of uh, Beverly Hills in New mm-hmm. York. 
Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that was, I mean, so I don't know, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, I'm never watching Dallas, but just at this point in time, I feel like there's enough good stuff on TV that I want to cover that I'm just not going to waste my time on Dallas right now. Now, what's your opinion on uh, the, the, the dong herd around the world bolo from real housewives of Atlanta? Did you watch that? You watched that, right? Oh, I watched that. I have a lot. I want a full documentary. Did Dr. Bald watch that? He did not, but he did walk in the room and like, give me a look like, what, what are we watching on the big screen tonight? (laughs) Um, But no, I did watch that. Ryan, I have to ask you, did you see the coconut video? I thought it was a pumpkin. Oh, it was. So it looked like a coconut. Maybe it's, he's. He's done it with well, he more might than have one multiple, fruit. So it was him. I, I got sent a video of him having sex with a pumpkin and his thing was like sliding in and out. And like, is that what you're referring to? I am referring to that. And I was pretty certain it was a coconut. I'm wondering if we saw you know what, I mean, I wasn't videos. like, I wasn't, but also I wasn't like, oh my you God, let me get a look. I, I, no, I was like, okay, he's, he's got a big tongue and he's doing that thing with the, you know, I mean, it's art, I guess, but. I mean, Taria from What Else Is Going On almost got an entire group of us shadow banned from Instagram because she sent it to us and it was like an X-rated video and and it was like two o'clock on a Tuesday. I'm like, Taria, like what's happening here? And yeah, so that just was a side note. So I encourage all the listeners not at work, not safe for work, but just, you know, Google Bolo Atlanta coconut. He really American pied that situation. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, I'm always of that. So okay, you got a big penis. So what? What else do you got? You know what? Do you, are you a, are you a funny person? Do you have a podcast? What else do you got? I mean, like, sure, you got a huge baby in your pants. But what else is there, Bolo? You know, um, what they should. That's what I'm like. Wouldn't you love to see a reality show bachelorette parties with Bolo? And he just goes around to different women groups mm-hmm. and like watches them. Like he breaks up marriages and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, up until recently, he was on his social media being like, nothing happened. I'm a true professional. And it's yes, like, yeah, well, that the true professional <laughs> that cracks me up. Cause like a true professional would lie so he can be a true professional with the ladies right. and let them like do things with him and stuff, you know, but it, yeah. I gotta say like, it was, uh, it was jarring in a great way. Like I always love to see housewives have fun together. Like yeah. not one person was not having fun until the next day when Kenya got all like, you know, Kenya. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see that play out. But it really energized. I mean, I, I will call it the Bolo effect from now on because if any, if Beverly Hills dies out, throw Bolo in there. Like get Bolo. Like I feel like just call him in. Like it's going to, he's going to make things happen, you know? It was so fun to watch. I was nervous at first when Cynthia walked down those stairs. I was like, is this the type of bachelorette party Cynthia Bailey wants? But I was delighted. Everybody got really into it. It was like nobody was being a buzzkill. Everybody was just there to like cut loose and have a good time. And it was so fun to watch. It made me really miss just like a debaucherous evening with my friends. And, um, you know, I yeah, but my, my debaucherous evening, like. I'm not, I mean, I, I like, I haven't even come close. I mean, I was just like, do I not have the, not that I want that, but like, do I, do I not have the right friend? Like, I, and I'm like, now after, as I come out of quarantine, I feel like that is going to really point me in the wrong direction of what I think a wild night is. Cause I'll be like, probably in a wild night, I'll be like, no bolo. There's no bolo here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I personally haven't gone quite that far in a debaucherous evening, but coming out of quarantine, the sky's the limit. Who knows what we'll all be capable of, you know? Well, I mean, it, it closes your ears, but I really like, we had Portia on audio go like, somebody's eating me tonight. And I'm like, <laughs> I've never been around a friend group where we've gotten drunk enough where it's like, 
somebody's blowing me tonight. You know, like I've never. And no, Which way, one of you? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. What I'm saying is, does this happen every time that I just don't have friends that like do this stuff, you know? Like, I just think like maybe my friends are really tame. I mean, those Atlanta women. And to think that, I mean, this is where the Kenya of it all. I know she's messy. She's not a girl's girl. She broke girl code. But, oh, my God, I have a soft spot in my heart for that woman. And when she put on her little detective hat and she was collecting all the clues, I was right there with her with my little notepad taking notes because I was it's like that's that is what makes such good reality television. And at the end of the day, like they were on a housewife's trip. Like, how did they think that this was not going to get out? Well, it's great. It's 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 great in the sense that you you hate Kenya for doing it because you're like we we agreed whatever happens in the dungeon stays in the dungeon, and then she forces this, and you're like, ah, oh, goddamn it, Kenya. But then at the same time, you're like, ah, oh, thank you, Kenya, because now we're you know you're you're an amazing episode, and now you're pulling content from that episode by going a different direction. Mm-hmm. And now this is going to give us like two to three more episodes where I think we have a fallout eventually where Tanya leaves the mm-hmm. show and. Um, that's amazing. All over, all over a night of you know what stays between the girls stays between the girls is just like you just can't trust anybody. You know, mm-hmm. that's why 100%. I think housewives are great. Um, uh, okay, we get, went over Atlanta. Okay, I saw a troubling picture this week with uh, a couple. Leah McSweeney is in Miami, I believe, and she posted a picture with Ramona in Miami, and also then posted another picture with Bronwyn in my, I'm like, I I'm, did you, did you have any thought? Do you know the photos I speak of? I know the, the photos you speak of. Yeah. It was like very, like she's just making her rounds, I guess. I guess COVID is done for her. Well, I do have a couple friends in Miami. Shout out Rebecca. Shout out. Yeah. Like it, it, it really does seem like Miami's fully open, you know, mm-hmm. but um I heard a lot of people making shit of her because it's like, well, you know, she's out and about during COVID. And I'm like, well, it is different from when Ramona was out and about nine months ago, but it is weird that like, are they shooting down there? Is this a, but also why, why the hell? I hate to say this. Cause I know everybody's like friends with her and everybody like, why is Bronwyn there? Like, I mean, once again, like, I'm so sorry. I, I know you, you know, pick and choose when you go and the kids are heavily babysat and uh, parented, but like, it seems like Bronwyn is at the opening of any like envelope with a housewife there. Like I'm like, Bronwyn's po- poking into the photos. I don't understand Bronwyn. Bronwyn's a tough one for me because I really, it's like, I'm really trying to root for you. It's the Tyra Banks. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. It's she like, be- I leaves everything I leave in terms of like social justice. Yeah. Like you want to be on her side and she just won't let you like those paparazzi photos were just like the final straw for me of like, okay, like, come on. You don't, I, I just don't lie, but yeah. don't lie about like, I, I'm confused. Like why lie? Like, I don't know. Like, but why do it in the first place? Like, what do you, mm-hmm. what in your, I want to know what in your head, like what that thought process is going down the rabbit hole. It's like, okay, I need a photographer to f- photograph me. Cause I want to be in this because I think that'll show Bravo. I'm loved and show process. I, I really want to know what, what makes you do stuff like that and then go, well, you know, they're just camped out in front of my house. Cause Kelly doxed me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I loved that there. So I didn't watch the season, but I did, did I watch the. Oh. oh no, I'm here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yes. So I, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch the the show, but I did watch the reunion. And when Bronwyn said, oh, I'm not a narcissist. I've been tested for that. I was like, that's actually just like a, a perfect housewives answer of like, I'm not a full narcissist. I'm just self-centered. And <laughs> I, yeah. So I just like, I want to root for her. And then, yeah, she's the one that she's just like popping up everywhere. And I, I do, it's weird. It's this weird thing. I love when housewives make these connections with each other. I love seeing, like, I can only imagine, I hope 2021 BravoCon happens, like, cause I'd want to see them all, you know, I, I want there to be, speaking of summer house and winter house, I want there to be a housewives house of just like people from each franchise. But at the same time, I just, there is something about certain housewives that when you see them with other people, it just gives off that like social climber vibe. And it's just like, ugh, just stop, like, just like take a breath, take a minute, put your phone down. And I say that as someone who posts like 700 times a day, just put your phone down. Yeah. Well, just like, you know, it's like Heather Gay, like Bronwyn, like got attached to Heather Gay and like, you know, I don't know. And I don't know Bronwyn personally. And I, and, and I do say that because if I knew any of these people personally, I'm sure I would like them. Like when mm -hmm. you know somebody personally, you get to like them and you realize like for warts and all these people are doing their own thing, living their own lives, their own journeys. But then when it crosses over into TV, it's like, now I'm involved and I don't get to know you personally. So mm -hmm. I'm only using what I see, but also using like decades of watching pop culture happen and watching how people use the media, use friends. I mean, and so you start to add this narrative to it that I don't know is correct or not, but then she doesn't really help correct that narrative, you know? Yeah. It's like we, it's again, this, like this double-edged sword with her, we want our housewives to be open and honest and show their true lives. And she's doing that. Like she is showing the good, bad, and the ugly. Yes. And I do think that her story and her sharing publicly, her sobriety probably impacted and helped many, many people. But at the same time, it's like, to what level though, when you're not filming, do you have to remain that open where you're still trying to show us every second of the day and you're not on TV right now? Like now you're just straight up calling the paparazzi to so that we can see you like taking a walk on the beach. Yeah, I would do it when I go to the bathroom. Like I'm going to be taking a dump out the rest stop. Would you get me coming out of the bathroom? <laughs> but like, also, I, I just feel like I wonder what that is like for the psyche to watch a season happen and then to realize you're not the fan favorite. Mm -hmm. Like to like, and then like, are you desperately trying to make something happen then? Are you trying to win people back over? Because everything I heard Bronwyn say before the show started, I was like, man, it is so awesome. She's like the black lives matter of it all the, you know, like, and then I, when she came out and admitted she was an alcoholic, I was like, like, this is just so moving and powerful. And then I saw it acted out on a show and it just, I don't know. And it's weird because we had the Sean of Sean, her husband involved and I'm not, uh, sex negative and I'm not, um, you know, like, Hey, let everybody do what they want. But I did get the feeling that Sean wasn't an active participant in their lives sometimes. And he was like along for the ride because he genuinely loved somebody. And like, I think one of the, it's like, you just started feeling really bad watching them, you know, like just, you felt yeah. bad because you're like, you've got you. And as somebody that's went through divorce, I'm like, I don't like, you might be best friends, but that doesn't mean your, you should be married, you know, like, like yeah. Sean does have to have a life eventually. And I know you didn't see the season, but you just ended up no, feeling really but bad I mean, for But it. you know how it is. I've like, I've, I've through osmosis know what's happened just through seeing yeah. people's memes. This is a very, very random reference. Do you watch Rick and Morty at all? No. In fact, it's on my shows of shows that I need to watch. Okay. That's one that like, I, 
Dr. Bald and I watch like pretty much any adult cartoon. That's like what we'll just like throw on as like a comfort show. So if any listeners watch Rick and Morty, Bronwyn and Sean give me Jerry and Beth vibes, the mom and the dad of that show of just this codependent mess of a relationship. That's just like, you're rooting for them, but you're like, this is probably not it. And so it's just, it's in, I mean, and again, good for Bronwyn for being honest. Cause I'm sure that not all marriages look the same. And I, I'm sure that there are many more behind the scenes that might look different than what's presented on screen, but it just gets to be a point where it's like, okay, Taylor Armstrong, well, enough, enough. Well, I mean, that's, but it is, it ties into this next thing is that Kelly Dodd said something referring to that she was back on the show and Bravo released a press statement today saying uh, we have not done any casting. This is not true uh, for season 16 or whatever. Um, you know, and by the way, I do think Kelly is going to eventually come back. I don't think mm-hmm. she is off the show, but you know, Bravo came out and put that PR statement out there, but it also made me wonder, and this is with Bronwyn as well. And a lot of other reality stars is these people think they can drive the narrative and they think they are using the media. And that's what I always want to know of like, what do you think you're doing? Like, what do you, right. like in your head, what, Kelly, in your head, when you put that out about coming back to the, what do you think you're doing? Are you trying to get fan response of like, see, I'm beloved or mm-hmm. what do you try? What do, what do you think in your head that you're doing? That's really smart. It's like, it's right. like Khloe Kardashian posting her, her, you know, <laughs> tall legs. What do you think you're doing? And what is actually per, like, cause I feel there's a disconnect with every reality star in this. I don't know if anybody does this perfectly. Yeah. Well, same with like Erica Jane of like, what do you think posting all of these pictures in the middle of an active trial is doing for your, like, I genuinely want to know how disconnected they are from reality. Mm -hmm. You know, is that like, you think that's going to make us feel what way? Like you hired paparazzi to take photos of you with light makeup at KFC. What do you think that's doing? Like (laughs) what, I mean, what are are we like? Oh damn. I forgive her now. Like, look, you know, like, Oh, I I eat a KFC. (laughs) Hun, look, Erica's I eat, we eat a KFC. Look, I guess she's okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There was that one, one of her ones where she's like, trolls do your thing was just like a butt shot of her, like clenching her butt cheeks. And I, after seeing that, that KFC photo, I'm like, well, I understand the clenching now like she has massive <laughs> diarrhea like i've been there got it <laughs> it's like trolls do your thing it's like god bless i mean it's like you know it's it's and but i fully i my account is all punching down you know instead of punching up but it's like so like like you makes it so easy and i know then she's like well i i meant to make it easy right. it's like you can't it's like that child it's like um you know stop saying words i'm not i'm not i'm you stop saying words you know <laughs> yeah. um yeah uh, as we start wrapping up, uh, I do want to know though, I do forget, like, what is your, ex- why Bravo? What What is your history with Bravo? How did this, what what happened? I kind of, what happened? Well, that's a loaded question, right? Yeah, I mean, happened? like, when, no. when did you start watching? Why, ju- like, why, why all brought, like, what is the, the origin story? So I've always, since I was a child, have been like totally fascinated by pop culture. And um, like I was the kid for my, for when I was like 10 years old for Christmas, I asked for a National Enquirer subscription. Uh, like yeah, that yeah, was yeah. me as That's a child. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and I, and my mom has always been a reality TV watcher. She's very surface level. She doesn't really go deep, but she'll watch like everything. Actually, she, she watched Orange County when it first aired and was like telling me about it. Um, but I always watch reality shows. I would Jersey Shore, Real World, Road Rules. Like I kind of went through the, yeah. the cycles. And then when I went to grad school, I was doing long distance with Dr. Bald and we 
you know, I had a lot of like alone time and I happened to turn on the preview for Vanderpump Rules, like the the season recap marathon leading up to the season two premiere. And I watched it like all day long and I was totally hooked. And then from that point on, like, you know, my TV was kind of like my roommate when I was living alone in this like tiny little one room shack and it was just always on Bravo. So then I started watching like every show on Bravo and I just, it just is like, it's such a, my real life job is pretty heavy. I'm a therapist. And so it was just a part of my self-care to be able to like turn off my brain and watch vapid shit on my television about people fighting about things that actually don't matter. And then it became just like a thing that other people, you know how it is. Like you kind of, you're at a party and somebody like whispers Bravo and you turn around and you're like, did you say Bravo? Like, let's talk about it. And so then I just started this account and then I was like, holy shit, there are literally thousands of other people that take this just as seriously as I do. What's, uh, what's grad school? No, 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 but it's a place where you spend a lot of money. I'm like, what's what's that like to have a degree? Um, No, but like then, but to take it a step further then and to like, when I went on Instagram, I was like, oh, I'm going to promote the podcast. And then I didn't realize I honestly, because on my personal account, I think I followed Danny because I knew him in real life. And like, I, um, but other than that, I wasn't like up to, I didn't know there were all of these accounts that had like, I, and I, to be honest, I didn't, I knew memes were like funny things that like people would, but I didn't pass around memes or anything. Mm-hmm. So when I did it, like, I was like, oh, here's the show this week. And then I started noticing there was all of these other accounts that were like really active and like pushing all these things. What, what made you, what was the origin of like the account? Like, why did you start it? So I started it after my second daughter was born and I had some postpartum anxiety. I just needed like a creative outlet. I've always been a creative person. I've always really enjoyed writing. And so that was my just like gateway of like, I'm just going to dedicate some time. I don't know if this is going to be a thing. Like a lot of times I will like get an idea and like do it for a week and then stop. So I was like, I'll just try it. Like, why not? And I also was the type of person I didn't like pass around memes or anything. I obviously knew what memes were before I started the account. I was pretty active on the Real Housewives Reddit page. Like I would do the live streams and like make some jokes and, um, you know. Oh my God. I tried to get into Reddit for like a day a couple months ago and it was cool. It's just, I I just didn't have the time to keep, I was like, this is going to, I'm going to get obsessive. So I just stopped, you know? Yeah. I can't do it now because I don't want to accidentally steal jokes from osmosis. Like, you know, you like read something and then a couple days later you like think it's your idea. So I just like, I don't go over there anymore. They are so funny and they always like, the Reddit investigative journalism that takes place of them deep diving on stuff is like remarkable. But I I had been active over there before I started this account. And so that was like, I had seen, you know, I kind of call them like the big three of like Danny, Watch What Crappens, Two Judgy Girls. Like I would see it, their posts like over there posted a lot. And I, I made like my own little meme and sent it to my sister-in-law. And she was like, why don't you just start like, just do this. And I did. And it just like kind of took off. And then it's funny. It's like you enter the shallow end. And as you're like wading out into the water, you're like, whoa, there's like a lot of people here. And I just feel like even now, and more and more each day, you know, right. Like our little cohort is like kind of moving up or on a little bit. And then there's like the new freshman class that's in and I'm like, oh, hey, okay. I'll follow you guys too. It's just like, there is plenty of room at the table for everybody because oh, everybody yeah. brings their own like little well, spin I think, on stuff. But see, I, I will go 
go a step further and I was like, I think there's only room at the table when you bring your personal spin to it. Right. Like if you're, if you're just going to put out like, well, and by the way, I'm saying that with a grain of like, I'm not saying don't do it, do it because you'll eventually find your own personal style as you go along. But I think to me, I've always said that that to me is where the magic happens. And I will be more loyal to, in my mind to that than how we will sometimes homogenize the same joke, you know, again and again and again and again. But if you can do 50 different variations on that joke, that's really cool because then your personality shines through. You might not get like, you might not be the, um, the most popular person, but I think you will be loved in a certain way. You know, like I don't, I don't think I could ever get to, I don't think I will ever get to, I don't even think I'll get to 50,000 followers. I think I'm like probably about at my max. So but I'm, I'm kind of good with that. I'm like, like, okay, cool. I can like be who I want to be with this, you know, and well, I, I have the podcast. So yeah, I disagree. I don't think that you're at your limit. I, I fully said, like, I expect you to have that Jerry O'Connell sh- show on Bravo of like straight guys who watch Bravo, but like you would do a better job because you're like, the joke isn't that you're straight. It's just that you happen to be a straight guy that loves Bravo. You're just I, reg- like I, reg- I regret being straight. If I, I mean, if I could do it all <laughs> over again, if I could do it all over again, you know, But no, but I completely agree. And I think that's what makes it so fun is I love to see something on my screen and know that there's going to be like 30 different takes on the same joke. And that goes back to your like best week ever type of show you want to pitch of like to to have the same thing and then everybody takes a different joke from it. And there's nothing I love more than the little like weird quirks that each account finds. Like when you post that Mason Disick yeah. um, picture, it makes See, me laugh See, that's talking about, but new people that come to the account, they're like, why is this guy posting this kid? Like, and it's like, you have to, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, it's like just a weird photo. You just find these weird things that make you laugh. And eventually it's really nice when other people laugh about the same thing. It's like right. this really weird, nice thing that's happening. Um, but uh, I mean that, well, and I guess this is like, do your, are your kids aware of Bravo? Do they're like, oh, that's mommy and Bravo. Like, are your kids aware? My- like, why is mommy in the wigs? <laughs> So my kids are still very young. I have a three-year-old and an almost two-year-old. So yeah, they you at- sit the kids down and tell them what mommy does. Is it like a Santa Claus thing? Is it like- it's gonna be a Santa Claus situation, and my kids are gonna be mortified the day that they discover this. But they are Mommy, so- are you oh no bravo? <laughs> so no, was- no, no. I'm not I help oh no bravo. Yeah, I'm I'm oh no bravo's helper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Um, but my oldest daughter, it is funny. She she's very musical. She has like she loves songs, she loves music. And there was a, so for those that follow me and speaking of my bringing my personal life into it, there was a point in time where I was really struggling with potty training and that really worked its way. I was really working through some things in my memes during that potty training period. But my, (laughs) my oldest daughter, when she was going through this, the only song that she would that I could sing to keep her on the potty was feeling Giovanni. And to this day, like I'll be hearing her in her room, like through the monitor. And she's just like feeling Joe Yanni. <laughs> it's like it's the cutest little, like three-year-old voice singing, feeling Giovanni. I'm just like, Oh God. Oh my God. See what they do with good as gold with Sheena. <laughs> that's a good way. That's a good PP one. Actually yeah, good, good as gold. Good as gold. There yeah, you go. And I missed the, uh, I think I missed this entirely. Cause I all of a sudden saw you were posing like what is explain the shredded cheese thing what is the shredded cheese okay so this is that is that real or is that okay away from me no it's real so britney did britney cartwright did this swipe up i mean and the joke of it is i'm sure she like 
could pay my mortgage five times over. She could probably pay off my house with, yeah. you know, with that swipe up that she did. But she did this Instagram ad. It wasn't for Instacart, but it was for one of those things where you can like shop online and make money for it or whatever. And it was it was just on one of those quarantine days. And I know everybody here knows what I'm talking about, where you're just like feeling the effects of quarantine. You're just like, nothing is making you laugh. Everything is terrible. It was one of those type of days. And I was just laying in my bed at the end of the day, just feeling really down and I'm swiping through and Brittany has this ad. And actually, let me try to pull it up. But she did this ad and it was for this Instacart adjacent thing. And she said, you know, there's tons to shop for on a day-to-day basic, all your basics, bananas, shredded cheese. And it was just like the most, (laughs) it was one of those things that it just like, it was so random and funny. And the fact that this was an ad that she was going to make like so much money for, I just started hysterically laughing and I posted it to my stories. And I was like, I don't even know if this is going to be funny to me in the morning, but this gave me a good hearty chuckle. And I woke up and it's so funny, those things that like catch fire, but I woke up to so many DMS of people being like, I cannot stop watching this. This was the only thing that brought me joy today. (laughs) And so then I partnered with, and then of course it's me. So I take it 25 steps too far. So I actually made like a pretend TikTok dance to it where it's all happening. Amanda from it's all happening. um, X on Instagram did like a beat, a DJ James Kennedy type of beat for me. And I did like a remix, but this is the original. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it. This is the original, um, audio from it's only like a a three second clip (laughs) i mean so many things that you would shop on a day-to-day basis bananas shredded cheese (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's amazing so it's just now it's like i guess at the end of the day you know i'm just i like yellow food first it was corn and now i'm just a banana shredded cheese account it's fine what is going going on over there i love that they're like filming like different things it's just separate areas of the house you know and then they (laughs) come they're like i'm gonna go influence i'm gonna go influence and i wonder if there's also times where they're like hun i actually really like this product it's very rare that i sell a product i like you know like we see that three-pronged hair curler everybody does yes yeah like what is that like what i mean and also they're like our only strategy is to get reality stars to hold this three-pronged hair curler you know I mean, it's working because I don't even really do anything with my hair. And there's been like that that time I wake up at 3 a.m. and I'm like, should I do I need mermaid curls? I, I think I might. Maybe I should buy this. The, the only time I was influenced was that I was like drunk, like like one time over quarantine. And I saw like an ad pop up for a White Claw T-shirt for like nine bucks. And I was like. I drink, I drink White Claw. I was like, dude, I would look dope in a White Claw shirt. And I bought it and then I never got it. And then I don't even know. And then it was like a stupid Instagram ad. So I didn't even know where I found it. I went, I was like, I was like, do not drink an Instagram. That is like a horrible thing to do. I hope they didn't like steal your identity. If it was just like somebody like, give me your credit card information. My life is completely ruined because I wanted a White Claw shirt, which is <laughs> embarrassing in its own way that I was like, oh, I, I would look cool in that, you know? Um, yeah. okay. So I know I gotta, I gotta get you go, but I, I do, I, you know, and th- I just wanted to bring this up. This is not in, isn't necessarily involved with you, but I had a conversation with a friend and you actually, your account does uh, a lot of, um, amplifying, uh, African-American voices, minorities, um, teachers, you do a lot of work, uh, amplifying other voices, which I think is really amazing. Um, and I learned a lot from accounts like yours during black lives matter. And I was, this is just an observation. I was talking to my friend last week 
And we were talking about it and I kept saying BLM. I kept saying BLM. Mm -hmm. And he pointed out, and I was frustrated at first because he said, can you start saying Black Lives Matter and not BLM? You know, Mm -hmm. he's like, the point is to say Black Lives Matter. So it's almost even a reminder to yourself. You know, if you even shorten it to BLM, because I'm so used to hashtags, I'm so used to this. It's like, you want to be able to speak it to you know, speak those three words. And I thought that was such an interesting thing. And I got immediately defensive mm-hmm. and I was like, well, no, you don't understand. I, I believe da, 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 you know? And it was like, but then I thought about it more and I was like, that is true. Like every time you're uttering this thing, and I know that doesn't, that is a story not involving you, but I, I just remembered it because of all the work that you have done on your account, which I think is great. I mean, so I know this is a more serious way to start, stop it. Like what did, what have you learned from your account this year? other than Jax's insane love of corn, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I've learned so much. And I think that's the thing is like, I, I'm trying to use my platform to spread information and to, you know, collect information in a, in a place where somebody that might not be out there looking at it or looking for it can be like, Oh, well, I can check out this highlight. Or I know that like a couple times a week, there will be some information or like, you know, God, with what's going on with Texas right now? Like I was just like, Hey, if anybody has resources or if you're in Texas and you need help, like send me stuff that I can share. Cause I just think that's just such a simple way to disseminate information. And then like my followers for as being like snarky and shady and chaotic and hilarious, they're also so smart and empathetic and like take the time to explain things to me. And I just feel like, you know, we need to normalize in 2021, just like you just talked about of like just changing your mind when you learn new information. And it's always going to be I think our first nature as human beings to be defensive and yeah, to be exactly. like, no, no, not me. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. come on, not me. Like, I'm, I'm fine. But then to just like sit in that discomfort and be like, okay, yeah, you're right. I could. That's a very simple change I can make. I can say Black Lives Matter instead of BLM. And I like learned that from you now that I'm going to make an effort to say that more. And I just think that we're all trying to better ourselves. And it's not about shaming people into doing the right thing, but, you know, holding people accountable, sharing information, and then understanding that we're all part of the problem. Like we are all feeding into a society that's inherently sexist and racist and misogynistic. And so we need to do our part to break that cycle. And so I think it's like, it's an interesting juxtaposition of like, you know, having stupid, silly memes about, you know, Brooks Marks tracks. And and that's why it's like, so, so that's the other thing is that, so we laugh through it, you know, I mean, we laugh through our pain, we laugh through our discomfort because there are always jokes to be made. There are always shows to, to love. There are Mm -hmm. always housewives characters to rail against these things to me, you know, are what makes part of your life good. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, balancing the good with the bad and the serious with the silly. And hopefully, you know, we can all like strike that balance in our own lives of, yeah, it's great to turn off your brain and check out and watch stupid shows, but it's also important to check in and be aware of what's really going on in the real world too. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for making me aware of what was going on in the real world, what is going on in the real world, and being able to laugh along the way. The account, you guys, 
at oh no bravo o h n o b r a v o if you don't have instagram make sure you get it and you're one of the first followers as you know follow her and then follow me um but uh, you probably already follow her but if you don't go follow her you're in for a ride her patreon of course is patreon.com forward slash um, oh no, bravo. And then on Fridays, she does an Instagram live, um, at 5 PM Pacific standard time. And she'll pick a different like podcast or she had Katie Maloney Schwartz on. And so that is happening every Friday. Make sure you check those out. Was it, was it, I would be, I would have been really scared to interview Katie. How, how did that go? She was delightful. Like we talked about Salt Lake City. She addressed her feud with Lisa Barlow. It was a really good time. At one point, Kristen was calling her incessantly. So she kept freezing. And then there was a uh, a knock at the door and I swore it was going to be Kristen Doty like busting in like, you didn't answer my call, but it was a really good time. And I have some really fun guests lined up. I can announce here. Um, I'm having yeah. Courtney from Two Judgy Girls on next week. Yeah, and then I I'm having Courtney, Kate yeah. Casey come on. So like- I love Kate some, too. That, yeah, that's they're, awesome. they're both great. So I'm really excited for that. And thank you for having me on. This is always so fun to talk. Yeah, this you. was this was really perfect. So you guys go check her out and we will talk to you next time. One, one, two. Check me out right here, yo.
Betches.